You're listening to the Sprues and Brews podcast, your weekly podcast looking at all things Warhammer. And welcome to episode 212 of the Spruce and Bruce podcast. My name is Dave and I'm joined once again by Matt. Hello. Jay. Hello. And Andy. Hello, hello, hello. So it's been a little while since we've put out a podcast and we've been quite busy kind of behind the scenes um, with different things going on. Um, But, I mean, we had to come back for a bit of an Adepticon special because, guys, what we saw at the preview First thing this morning was absolutely mind-blowing, uh, and I can't wait to discuss it all with you. Um, so um, for the purpose of this podcast, it's going to be slightly different. Um, we will be having a top three, because we'll be revealing what our top three reveals were, revealing top three reveals, um, and we'll be talking about Adepticon, and we'll be doing our hobby updates. Um, but all the regular stuff will be uh, coming back in the next uh, podcast. This episode really we wanted as a bit of an Adepticon special because it's worthy of it. And um yeah, that's that's that basically. Um before we get started with the hobby updates though, when because it has been a little um bit of time since the last podcast, there's been uh, a couple of new things that I just wanted to bring some of our listeners uh, attention to just in case you've not spotted it on the website. Um the first thing is that we are now all on discord um i think we've all been quite happily chatting away on there with community members already haven't we guys yeah there's been lots of chatting on there there's been some uh, interesting conversations about adepticon and, and people sharing their hobby updates so if you're not already head over to discord i'm sure dave will have the deets or they'll be on the website they're on the website and they'll also be in the podcast notes as well i've not actually um taken part in the adept because i've had quite a busy day i've not had a chance to sort of talk to the guys about um uh, Adepticon yet um so yeah I'll be I'll, I'll be jumping in that chat after we've um finished recording um so that's exciting information exciting reveal part one for Spruce and Bruce uh the second one is that we are now on Patreon uh or Patreon sorry um so if you um enjoy our content uh you can now join one of free tiers over on Patreon uh and and help support what we do uh all money raised on Patreon is going to be put back into the website um, to help us bring out more uh, content and, and improve it's the quality. Lots of book spray. Lots of book spray. I think we're going to need it. <laughs> I, I think, think we will need it. it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, the links will be in the podcast notes, uh, and um, there is a post already up on spruceandbruce.com. Um, obviously, a, a huge thank you um, to everybody who jumped on board uh, early doors on that. Um, yeah, a couple of early uh, early patrons. I think we'll um, absolutely. have to give them a shout out on, on the next show as well. Yeah, absolutely. So um, thank you very much for that. Uh, and if you would like to get involved, uh, like I say, links will be in the podcast notes and also over on the website. So a little bit of an admin out of the way. Uh, let's talk about what we've been doing in the hobby um, these past few weeks. Uh, and let's start Let's start with you, Matt, because you've been quite a, a busy bee. Oh, I've, I've, I've been a busy bee, but I couldn't tell you what I've been working on. Let me just work out when this podcast is coming out. Okay, I can't talk about that. But what I can talk about is Vashtor, the Archithane, the awesome amalgamation of demon and machine and awesome isocore, guys. He's like my favourite model this year. I can't yeah, wait for him to, like, break some vehicles open. I really hope, in 10th edition, hashtag spoilers, uh, we get his, like, I'm going to put quote marks, Dark Mechanic and Faction. So him, a load mm. of demon engines, some demons, oh, some cultists. Yeah, you'll have to um, 
put some of the pictures you've been you've been sharing a bit of um, a bit of artwork, haven't you? You've seen which might hint at some future sort of units or. I have. So, so put the them in the we... Discord channel so we can have a look. Yes, I will. So obviously the way we review books has changed a little bit now. We can't we can't like go through the, the full book on video. So I've got to do it through the format of words on uh, <laughs> on the website. Um, but there's some cool pictures within the Arcs of Omen Bastor book of what. It looks to me, and I think you guys agree, as new. They, they must be new models. It looks like a new interpretation, maybe, of um, you know, a, a few different demony looking units. So yeah. yeah, I'd love to see that stuff. I've also been building and painting some Adeptus Arbites because we're all going to a Kill Team event in June. I want to say a two-day narrative event where we'll be fighting through the Gallo Dark, and uh, hopefully. At least one of our one of us survives while the others go <laughs> hurtling down to their doom. Uh, so that's been really exciting. However, I might not do the RBTs anymore. We'll see later in the show what I might be doing. Um, and I've also been building a load of conquest off. So Ooh. conquest last argument kings came out a few years ago, and just last month I believe the new edition came out with a new um, kind of like starter box. And oh man. These are cool models. And me, me and Jay have been kind of like toying with starting it. But I think it's it, it, it's a relatively expensive game, isn't it? I think to get into. But the models are huge and well worth it. So I've been working on those. Mm. I'm, I'm the same. I've been I've been trying to dip my toe into Conquest for a while now. And I was around your house the other night, Matt, and um, had a look at the, the new City States and Nords. Uh, which I think are in the, they're in the new um, second edition starter mm. set. Is that right? Um, yeah. And I was really impressed with the quality of those sculpts. Really, really impressed. Um, and unfortunately, I, I think I want to get going with the the Wardron, which are like orcs riding dinosaurs, just to, so we've got a good mix of armies, Matt. Even though I do really like the look of those northern city states, um, I'm just waiting for stuff to come back in stock so I can get it ordered. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's. It, it, it's going to be exciting. We, we are going to do some battle reports. I've filmed an unboxing of the starter set. And we've also did an interview with Parabellum, which might even be the next podcast episode that goes out. So, yeah, stay tuned. Excellent. Uh, what else have you been up to, Jay? What else have I been up to? So, um, yeah, we just before the podcast, I had to run through the guys. What am I allowed to talk about? What am I not allowed to talk about? So <laughs> it's, I weird. Know. <laughs> it's weird because we've had a bit of a break. It's like normally you know, we can't talk about that, but we can talk about this. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's out tomorrow. So can't talk about that, Jay, but next time. Yeah. So other than that thing that I cannot talk about, um, I have also been um, working really hard on my kill team as well. So I'm really looking forward to the, the narrative kill team event in June. And I've decided to do um, a Blood Angels kill team. I think I talked about this on a previous podcast, or maybe it was a painting it's stream. On the stream yeah. It was on the painting stream, yeah. So what I'm doing is I'm going to use the Chaos Legionnaire um, kill team. That sounds awfully um, heretical, Jay. I, I, keep with me, keep with me. But I'm going to um, use those rules to represent a Blood Angels kill team. So where we have a, blood, a, a, a Chaos Acolyte, that will be my Blood Angels librarian. Where we have the Chaos Butcher, that would be my Blood Angels Death Company, um, and that kind of thing. So I've been um, using a mixture of Primaris parts, Blood Angels bits from various kits, such as the um, Sanguinary Guard and the Death Company squad. Um, and I've been putting together a custom kill team, really heavily converted, and I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, just this week, some bits turned up to convert my Librarian, um, and then I just need to think about how I'm going to convert my sort of leader uh, model um 
So, so yes, yeah, so I've been working on it. So learn from me. I, I want to get cracking on these guys and try and get them painted as soon as possible, really, because I know the tournament's in, um, sorry, the event, sorry, is in June. But as we'll talk about in this uh, this podcast later, there's so much stuff coming out between now and then. So <laughs> yep, uh, I want to make sure I, I get ahead of the ahead of the cave and get these blood angels painted, um, as well as those blood angels. Uh, I've also been building and painting up some of my Blood Angel Horus Heresy. So I've, I've, I've done a little bit of a repaint on one of my Contempt of Dreadnoughts for my Blood Angels army with a bit of a, a, a uses the, the Tooth and Coats um, range of uh, colours uh, and some more sharper highlights. I'm just playing around with how I want the Blood Angels to look. Um, I built Chapter Master Ralderon, who uh, he's like the first captain of the of the Blood Angels in the Horus Heresy. Um, and I have also on the way uh, a second Sanguinius model because I'm going to be chopping this Sanguinius model up to convert him slightly. Sanguinius. Um, Sanguinius, yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, uh, and that's not all, though. That is not all. Um, I have also been building some Bushido models. Um, so Ooh. this was a game, yeah, this was like a miniature game that we saw at the um, Games Expo last year. And I think it's been out for quite a while, actually. Mm. It's got quite a good following online. Um, but we first saw it at the Games Expo in Birmingham last year. Um, and I picked up some um, temple models. Um, since then, I, I picked up the Inari's Judgment kit as well, which was, I think it was like a pre-release thing a, a few months back. I got them built this week, as well as some uh, TT Combat Terrain. So this is like MDF and card terrain which comes in like a flat pack and you build it together and there's all kinds of like japanese style shrines and buildings and things like this to make a small battlefield with um so they're also if you see my hobby desk it is a complete and not a mess there's like mdf style japanese scenery blood angels contemptors and leviathans a load of eld fall paints all over the place bits of sprue from my, i say bits of sprue <laughs> mountains of sprues from the blood angels and then also bits of sprues and tester bits for the thing that I can't talk about. So it's like, uh, I need to have a tidy mm-hmm. up, really. <laughs> that, well, well, I'm, de- I'm definitely up for doing some Bushido, Joe. I think we should get some content on the site for that. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I've got, like I said, I've got a load of the, the Rokan Temple stuff that I want to use. I've got the Inari's Judgment Warband, which seems like a good start set. But I've also, and it's, I just had the shipping email this morning, I've also ordered some Shiho uh, Clan as well, the Shiho Clan Starter as well. So um yeah yeah I, I really want to give it a try so you play it on like a two by two battlefield there's a few cool i think there's like four or five how to play videos like four or five minutes long each on online that you can watch um well perhaps perhaps we do our own exploring the game and learning how to play it and share it with everybody else yeah it's a good idea excellent you have been super busy jay um andy how about yourself what have you been up to in the hobby recently uh well to keep the theme of kill team um, I've been painting up uh, my set of the Into the Dark Gallo Dark scenery. Um, so I've been a bit lazy with it in the last few days, but I've finally got to that stage now where I'm down to my last four big wall sections. Um, so I'm just going through that. Um, I think I've, I've got it to a stage where I'm, I'm super happy with the colour scheme. Um, and it's basically just like spraying it lead belcher, using a couple of contrast paints, a couple of metallic paints just to pick out some of the details and then a heavy wash of Agrax Surf's Aid and then dry brush Necron compound. And then it's just a case of like picking out, you know, screens and stuff. Um, I've also been um, painting a Tyranid kill team, funnily enough, Ooh. Um, which might be dangerous um, given what's coming. Um, but yeah, so I've, I've done a fire team of Tyranid warriors, 
um, which is a nice mix of sort of combat and shooting. Um, and then I've gone for a Gene Stealer fire team. Um, I was going to add a Termagon and a Hormagon fire team, but I think I'm going to wait for those sweet, sweet new models. Hashtag spoilers. Um, hashtag spoilers. Um, and then I've got a Age of Sigmar open play event at, at Warhammer World. I think it's like the 14th and 15th of April. It's like in a, it's about three weeks away now. Um, and I've decided that I'm probably going to take Blades of Corn to that. Ooh, yeah, um, do it. What do you think of the new book? Oh, we can talk about the new book, can't we? Yes, we can. What do you think of the new book, Andy? Um, I like them. I think they're solid. They've they've made the, the big issue with Corn for me was they weren't killy enough. Um, and now with the new Battle Tome, they do look. Well, they seems do like look an oversight. Good. Yeah, well, yeah, it's it a big oversight. But when you think about Blades of Corn, they were like joint first army in Age of Sigmar with Stormcast. Um, and yeah, the new Battle Tome is absolutely fantastic. Um, I mean, yeah, they, they look really good. And Blades of Corn were an army that I did back in 2020 for lockdown. I think I bought like the whole army, but never didn't done anything with it. So I during um during lockdown it was one of those projects that i just sort of sat down and and worked on um but i've never actually played a game with them um so with the new battle tome i figure why not you know it's an open play event it's not competitive it's going to be a bit of a mess around you know i can go down and just shout blood for blood garden scores for a school throne and you know keep track of blood type points and then who knows maybe the at the end of the blood. weekend yeah, at the end of the uh, weekend, I might buy myself Scarbrand if I kill enough stuff. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that that's what you should spend your blood time Sounds points good. on, Andy. Yeah, if you accrue so, uh, enough over the course of the weekend, spend them on Scarbrand. Nice. Well, this is it. I was, I was thinking, depending on how much I get, depends on what I buy at the end of the weekend. Oh yeah. And then if I get a, like, you make a school tally. And then, yes, like, you know, yeah. if you collect one school, you can get a box of flesh hounds. If you get eight schools, you manage to get Scarbrand, something like that. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah, something along those lines. And then that way, even if I'm losing all of my games, as long as stuff is dying, I can look forward to buying something at the end of the weekend. That's the plan. That's the plan. Um, but I bought myself um, a Herald of Corn for Christmas. Nice. Um, so I've been sort of building and painting him. Um, at the minute he is red with some gold on him but you know he's getting there um but yeah i'm gonna go for all demons to start off with oh, i think all demons has got legs in the new book as well yeah i mean i haven't got any skull cannons which you know and i haven't got a bloodthirster yet but i think it's payday tomorrow so you know might buy myself a bloodthirster nice. um and uh yeah other than that i've been sort of Flicking through Kill Team books, trying to work out what I want to take to the event in June. But yeah, Adepticon preview may have thrown everything into the void. Right. So yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I've actually yeah, had a game with the uh, the new Blades of Corn book using the Blades of Corn, and I really enjoyed it, Andy. Um, the the one thing that let me down, and it's no fault of the book, is the absolutely god awful dice rolls I was making. There was some um, terrible dice rolls. Oh, there were some awful dice rolls. But the actual book itself, I really enjoyed it. It's um, I, I hope to borrow Matt's army again in the future and maybe give him another go, maybe with better dice. Um, 
so I can have a, a true feel for the army. But um, yeah, it was a great game. And, and the, the bat, bat rep, I, I wanted it up now, ideally, but it's been a bit of a busy week and then thrown into uh, chaos, literally, by the uh, by this event. I was hoping to edit it tonight. So stay tuned. I do want it up on the site soon. It's a really fun one. Blades of Corn versus Head Knights of Slanesh. Yeah. So that, that just leaves me um, with, with my hobby updates. And um it's been it's been quite busy actually with a few things going on obviously with discord and patreon and other things behind the scenes um but i have managed to do some hobby uh, for sigma um i was very lucky enough to obtain the new caradron um book and model uh thanks to gw so i painted up the code right he's a really fun little model i, I particularly enjoyed his little library he's got going on on his back uh that was very very cool and enjoyed reviewing the book um it, it's tasted quite a few changes um, but all changes for the good. I, I've not yet had a chance to try them out, so hopefully we'll we'll do that for a battle report or something in the near future mm. um, to see how the Caradrons play now in this new edition of um, uh, the, the new Battle Tome. Um, I've also sort of been feeling the Kill Team bug. Um, I was a bit torn originally on what to go for. However, I've now got my heart set on some Orc Commandos, which I'm... Uh, I, think, well, I, th- I think I've completed three of them now um so i've still got a few left to paint but um i was enjoying painting them so much that i've kind of really fallen down the rabbit hole and now want an orc army um that's something you've so, dabbled with in the past isn't it but you've not really painted any orc yeah, models and no they're addictive um, aren't they yeah they are addictive so um again if it wasn't for the reveal today i might have been kind of making an orc army in the next few weeks um however what i actually think i'm probably going to do is um ready for this this new era of warhammer 40k i really want to get my imperial guard completely finished i mean i got i got ever so far um before i other projects got in the way um you know it's mainly troops that i'm a bit behind on so if i can get those polished off get the army absolutely like where i want it to be and um, then hopefully i'll have some time to to dabble with some orcs before um the the new edition lands uh, i'm trying to think what else i've been doing in the ho- oh of course so andy mentioned that he was doing kill team scenery i too have been painting um the gallo dark and it is surprisingly addictive isn't it andy um i've only done about four sides i think so far um it's quite similar to, to how you've done them I've, I've sprayed them um chaos black uh, I've then um, done a dry brush. I've then started painting some of the details, like the screens, the doors, uh, the, the, the you know, other such details, the cabling and things, some selective washing, a little bit more dry brushing, and, and I'm done. So a very, very quick and easy scheme. There's obviously a lot of sprues in that box, so I don't want to go too much um, too much into detail. And I think what, what I'll be doing with that is instead of trying to get it all done, and do nothing else i don't want to get burnt out on it so i'm picking up a piece of t- terrain every now and again between models just to kind of mix it up a little bit so it might be i don't know a couple of months before the entire box is painted but um at least some kind of I'm, I'm finally painting scenery guys which um is amazing uh, i'm not even sure if that's one of my hobby resolutions this year i think it is i think um, you might have taken it off i think you might have taken it off Dave. did <laughs> i you know. oh that sucks um <laughs> So, yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed doing that. Um, so, yeah, cool. Uh, now, I mean, we, we we hinted at all the different things that we've heard about uh, during Adepticon, during that hobby updates. Um, I think we need to start talking about some reveals. So let's take a quick pause and we'll come back with all the juicy Adepticon content. 
So, right now, over in California, Adepticon 2023, one of the biggest uh, gaming events, not even Warhammer, gaming events in the world is on. And as is tradition, Games Workshop put out one of their massive preview shows. And they'd hyped this one up, but I think with good reason, because it was a, a darn good show. Now, I'm a little bit delirious as I've been up since 3 a.m. I watched this happen live, frantically scribbled down notes. And uh, yeah, we, we've managed to digest this and, and see all the videos and read all the articles. And what we do is dig into all the different reveals, share our thoughts and uh yeah, basically get excited to empty our wallets over the next three months. Three months, guys. Um, so we're going to kick off in Warhammer, the Horus Heresy. Now, this time last year, we saw the first reveals for the new Age of Darkness box. And there's been a raft of releases since then. But revealed in the show today was the first source book. Uh, so a black book, The Siege of Cthonia. So, yeah, this is a new series, Campaigns of the Age of Darkness, where um, essentially like the Black Books of old, they will take a different conflict within the galaxy and, and put out like a narrative campaign. So this one has got a five mission campaign talking about the um, a, a kind of, I say, a radical sect of the Sons of Horus who want to reclaim Cthonia for themselves. It's currently been taken by the Imperial Fists and they want it back. Want it back for good. Um, so, yeah, this this sounds really, really cool. Mostly because I've got a Sons of Horus army and Jay's got an Imperial Fist <laughs> yeah, army. So it's like a as if, book. <laughs> yeah, it's almost as if we can play through this book when it comes out. Uh, but, yeah, it sounds really, really cool. So it's got a five-mission campaign fighting through those battles. And with that, there'll be a number of special characters for both those uh, two legions, along with some new consoles. One of them uh, they mentioned is the the, the weird kind of like demon assassin thing that they revealed on warcom recently uh, and that that alone would be really really cool but in addition to that it's got the full rules for playing zone mortalis battles and a whole five mission campaign thing for playing zone mortalis battles too um i, I really think this is something that i know i mean jay have been kind of like eager for and there's, there's minimal details on the article but from what we've learned i'm really really excited for this one how about you jay yeah this this is perfect this is the way i, I was hoping they would develop the horus heresy game so we've had the big sort of lever tombs with all of the rules in and then it's just these campaign books really really cool and actually the background for this looks really really interesting as well where you've got this imperial fist character with some um i think there's some like loyalist thousand sons and and, and different are, yeah. regions that are with him fighting against the uh the the sons of horus and and the uh, i think the alpha legion i think and word bearers are with him yeah they're, um, they're particularly fanatical sons of horus so you know not your not your normal like mentally stable son of horus that the, the really deranged ones so that yeah. can't be good for the imperial fists can it no um and i think they said as well there's there's new plastic kits coming for the two characters at least so the sons of horus character and the imperial fist character mm. along with the book um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm just really, um, I'm, I'm really excited for this one. Like you say, we've got an Imperial Fist and Sons of Horus army. But again, what, what does the future hold? Can you see like a, a, a Cygnus Prime um, campaign, but potentially in the future? Can you see a Siege of Terror campaign series? Mm, there we go. Yeah, uh, Andy, what about you? You obviously don't control these forces on here, but you've been kind of dabbling in the Heresy too. Is this the kind of thing that you were hoping to see from the, uh, the series? Yeah, definitely. I mean, for me. 
the big selling point of Horus Heresy is the narrative stories. And when you've got an entire galaxy full of battles, the, the, the narrative potential is just like insane. And with Heresy, for me, I want it to be different to like my Age Sigma or my 40k. And for me, it is it's the narrative that really draws me in. So seeing this sort of like campaign book come out, um, I think it's really going to tap into the heresy and, and really motivate me to get some stuff painted. I mean, like Jay said, you know, you can have um, some loyalists from different chapters, you know, some the shattered legions. So if you feel like painting up some thousand suns, you, you know, you can paint up them up for this campaign and stuff like that so yeah for for me i'm i'm really looking forward to this and um what the heresy uh will do in the future with future campaign books so yeah yeah how about you dave you've 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 played i think one game of heresy but you know you've been keen to get your dark angels on the table would would a narrative kind of campaign be more likely to kind of engage you than random one-off battles Yes, I, I think so. Um, I think that's what I need. I need narrative inspiration to really... I, I've got so many different projects on the go, and, and I'm not going to hold back. Unfortunately, Heresy is is pretty low on my priority, um, which seems like such a shame because I look at the models... And That'll I think keep the Inquisition happy. Well, yes, that's true. Um, I I just... I, 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 need, I need inspiration to really to really get some paint on my, my dark angels. And also, um, I think I may have mentioned to you guys a couple of weeks ago, I really, I've got quite a large thousand sons, um, army ready to go for, for the heresy that I picked up off you, Matt, mm. I don't know what, a decade ago or something. A long time um, ago. so I would actually quite like to use them. I think the fact that they're, um, they're painted and ready to go kind of make, you know, maybe they're a good way of getting a few games in with painted models, really get into the system, and hopefully that will drive me to paint more Dark Angels. Yeah, Zone Mortalis. Zone Mortalis, I think, will be a good entry point, I think. Yeah, so yeah. this they had some kind of <laughs> compressed Zone Mortalis rules in White Dwarf, but the, I, I suspect the bulk of this book will be the whole Zone Mortalis system, and it wouldn't surprise me if they put out a box set with some of the zone mortality scenery and some troops in there, and that's where those two characters would appear. Obviously nothing confirmed with that. That's just guesswork. Um, coincidentally, I've got a load of zone mortality painted and traditionally you're talking like 500 points to a thousand points, which is a, a small heresy game, but in the confines of the zone mortalis, it's quite tense and interesting, quite isn't it? Intense. Yeah, definitely. So that might be nice. Like you don't have to paint up, you know, 3,000 points realistically for a standard game of, of Heresy. You could just paint up 1,000 points of Dark Angels, Dave, and be able to use them in his own Mortalis. Yeah, that sounds good to me. So, yeah, so really excited. Obviously, we've seen no miniature reveals here, and they'll probably show them off in the future. I don't know if there's any more miniatures tied to this. Um, we know there's a lot of Sisters of Silence with rules but no models, and I was kind of expecting to see some of them today. We, was there anything that any of you guys were hoping to see that we didn't for Heresy? Assault Marines. Assault Marines, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you never know. Like, say if we get a Cygnus Prime, that might be a good opportunity to do a plastic kit tied to it. And I suspect that's how they're going to do the releases going forward, tying them to these narrative books. But um, unfortunately for this one, I don't think that's the case. Maybe Plastic Breaches, Jay, if we're in the Zone Mortalis. Uh, I don't need Plastic Breaches now because I've got 20 of them painted already. (laughs) (laughs) 
Too late, too late. Assault Marines is what I need. <laughs> so, yeah, so really exciting. Uh, moving on to the, the, the mortal realms, though, and Age of Sigma. We have got an awful lot of Age of Sigma info in this, more than I thought we'd get. Um, first of all, we saw the kind of confirmation of what the two death battle tomes are that are out in the very near future. Uh, that is the Ossiarch Bone Reapers and the Soul Blight Grave Lords. Now, unfortunately, it looks like we haven't got any new like units for these, but there was a new character revealed for each of them. So for the Ossiarch Bone Reapers, we saw the Mortisan Ossifector, who is a jolly old chap who seems to be like constructing a bone construct. He's really, really happy. Um, and these guys like create the various like um, you know units. They craft the bones together, which is pretty cool. The other one that we saw was um, a new character with the Soulblight Grave Lords, Ivia Volga, the outcast, who, from her surname, I, I suspect she's related to Belladama. Um, again, she's got the, kind of that Cursity vibe to her and, you know, that really nice new kind of uh, bordering on werewolf and vampire aesthetic that the newer Soulblight stuff's got, which is really, really nice. Uh, yes, yeah, really cool stuff. Now, we don't know like when these are out yet, or, or I suspect nothing else is coming out with them. But they are getting through these battle terms at a fair old rate. Um, Jay, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, so so these aren't two armies that like that that I'm you know I collect or anything like that. But um, and uh, to be fair, the Osiot Bone Reapers, I was sort of hoping they got a new kit. The Archers, I think we've sort of been talking mm. about in previous podcasts whether they'd get an Archer unit. And I think the Osiot Bone Reapers, they've been out for quite a while now. And I do think they deserve a bit more love. But having said that, the character does look really, really cool. And I love the, it's like a crab on his back. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, p- p- pretty cool. And then, and then likewise for the vampire counts, I mean, the model's nice enough. Um, that sort of wolf, uh, werewolf vampire type aesthetic, which is, which is quite cool. Um, but, but no, no blood dragon vampire lord on new zombie dragon model, yeah. which we've also been talking about. So I, I have to say this one. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, there could have been more. How about you, Andy? I know you collect the um, the Ossiarch Bone Reapers. You've been working on an army in the background. What are you, are you are you disappointed by the lack of like new units? Or are you happy that we've got a new model? Um, I mean, I'm definitely happy that we've got a new model. Uh, like you said, he looks like a very happy chap. Which, <laughs> um, when you look at a lot of the Ossiarch Bone Reapers stuff, a lot of them are smiling, um, and he does like absolutely breathtaking miniature because he's. I think the He's actually building like a Morgast or at least the head of a Morgast, um, yeah. which is really, really cool to see. Yeah. Um, in terms of the fact that he's the only model, um, my wallet cries out in joy um, <laughs> <laughs> because there's definitely going to be some stuff for me to spend some money on um, in the next couple of months. So, um, but yeah, I it, it would have been nice to see like an archer kit or a chariot kit or something like that. Oh, chariot, yeah, that would be chariot, nice. Yeah, that kind of fits with the aesthetic of the army as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, for for me personally, the fact that we're getting a new battle tome, we're getting a new character model. Um, I mean, I've still got quite a large amount of Bone Reaper stuff to build and paint. So, uh, for me personally, at the minute, yeah. It, it, it's okay. Um, I mean, the vampire count lady, um, yeah, she looks nice. Um, I'm not sold on this whole vampire werewolf kind of combination. Um, team, team Jacob or Team Edward? 
that's a that's a reference, Jay. <laughs> well, this is uh, the part where I admit I've never watched any of the Twilight films. Ah, but you um, knew what the reference was, though. I don't believe you then. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say Jacob is he the vampire one. There's, there's, there's no wrong answer, Andy. There's also no right answer, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yes, yeah, she, no, she looks nice. Um, and, again, it's it's one of those. I'm, I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen, like, new Graveguard, um, although yeah. I'm happy about that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it feels like third edition, a lot of these battle tomes are a character in a book just to get the book out there. Um, yeah, it's been a bit of a rapid release, hasn't it? Dave, you, you've you been toying with the Soul Black Gravelords Army recently, haven't you? I've actually toyed with both of these Death Armies uh, in the past. Um, I came very close to starting a Bone Reapers Army. I picked up a load of models, but didn't didn't quite feel them. And um, if I'm honest, they're, they're an army that I think it'll be interesting to pick up their new battle tone because they have this very unique Relentless Discipline system, which... Is pretty cool on paper, but I think with how command abilities and stuff work in the new edition, they just they they don't appeal because of that because they they. It can't was a good mechanic it. in second, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, but it doesn't really work in the new edition, and I hope that that's addressed in the new book, um, because that could tempt me to to maybe go back to the Bone Reapers. And um, but out of the two Death Armies, my primary interest is in the Salt by Grave Lords because I I do like the the current book, um. If it wasn't for a million and one different things, I, I probably would be painting more vampires right now. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what this um, new book brings. Out of the two new models that we've seen, uh, actually, yeah, I think I, I do slightly prefer the Bone Reaper guy, but um, uh, Ivia does look very, very cool. Um, I wasn't expecting a lot of models for, for either of these armies because... GW have been quite open on the amount of Seraphon and, and obviously we've got Dawnbringers on the horizon and it's it's very rare that they'll churn out, you know, big um, you know, loads of new units for, for armies. You know, they, they try and have one or two a year, don't they? So mm-hmm. um I was expecting a lot of models for them and I'm I'm quite happy with what they've got. But I think for me my main interest is those battle tomes and how they um are adapted for the new edition of the game. Yeah, now that's cool. Now you mentioned the Seraphon, and obviously the Seraphon have obviously the Seraphon have had a few reveals recently, but um, I, I believe they showed off the kind of remainder of the the upcoming Seraphon wave at uh, Adepticon, and oh boy, oh boy, there was some good stuff oh. in here. So Cold One Knights are a little bit dated. They're a little bit chunky. They're like uh, not even the last edition of Warhammer Fantasy Battle unit i think they were from the edition before that possibly the edition before that they are very old boys they have been replaced with what can only be described as the most beautiful velociraptors i've ever seen in my life the agrodon lances uh yeah these are cool they take the new aesthetic of the uh saurus warriors they put them on properly you know velociraptor looking cold ones they've got kind of feathers on the tails they look amazing it looks like there's uh, an optional build for a saurus scar veteran on an agrodon as well which is pretty cool yeah we've um we've uh, we've different heads and weapon options as well quite a lot of customizability by yeah and they just uh, there's so many different poses to them i don't actually know how many you'll get in a box but it looks like there's quite a lot of variety here there's standard bearers there's drummers 
all sorts of cool stuff. So yeah, they look they look amazing. We also saw uh, the Croxigore. They were resin models before that, metal models again. They are ancient, going back previous editions of Fantasy as well. And these have had a bit of a glow up. And they've actually got a new unit as well, the Croxagore War Spawned, who look like they've got different heads. So some people were disappointed that the, the kind of vanilla Croxagore haven't really got that kind of crocodilian look to them. Well, the Warspawn have with like elongated snouts and there's a different kind of vibe to them. Uh, they look like beef, big, beefy boys as well. There's a picture of them stood next to the new um, the new Slam Mage Priest and they're kind of like up level with him. They're so, they're so big and massive. Oh, yeah. so. They're about three or four times bigger than a skink. Yeah, they, they, they all look really, really cool on the battlefield. So... So I believe those, plus all the other stuff we've seen, makes up the full kind of Seraphon wave, which, to be fair, is a lot of new kits. Now, like with most kind of whole army refreshes, Games Workshop tend to put out an army set, um, and they're doing that for the Seraphon. So this contains the new um, Slam Age Priest, two units of Raptodons, so you can build five of the Chargers and five of the Hunters, uh, ten Saurus Warriors, but it also comes with the Special Edition Battle Tome, uh, and like with the Slaves to Darkness box, it comes with all of the uh, War Scroll cards and all of the enchantment cards. So those basically will contain all your different spells, your upgrades, your artifacts, your command traits. So you can use those on the battlefield as well. Really, really excited to see this. Uh, obviously, that will come out first. And then following that, the Seraphon Battle Tome and all of the awesome new releases. So, Jay, you're our resident kind of Seraphon fan. You've been really, really excited to see these. What are your thoughts on the final elements of the Seraphon release? Oh, yeah, I'm really impressed. There's not a model I don't like from what, what we've seen here. And actually, you talked about the Croxagores and the Croxagore Warspawn. I actually prefer the the, the, the Croxagore, the sort of the normal Croxagore. I really, really like those models. I also think Games Workshop have done a really, really good job on the paint scheme for these models as well. I, mm. Really, really nice blended skin. It's going to be interesting to try and replicate some of that using some contrast paints potentially. Um, but yeah, what a fantastic looking range. And um, I mean, we talked, we, we hoped we'd get new Cold One Riders and and these are a good sort of replacement for Cold Ones. Really, really cool. Um, I'm surprised we haven't seen any Temple Guard because obviously with the new, you've got the new Saurus Warrior, you've got the new Saurus Warrior sort of on the Cold Ones. Um, the Temple Guard are going to look a bit odd next to all of those. So whether there's some conversion possibilities, maybe. Yeah, um, I guess that's the problem with the whole range refresh. They, they'll try and put out as many kits as possible, but I guess there's a there's a line that has to be drawn on what older kits are still passable, and I guess yeah. the Temple Guard fell on the other side of that line. All the dinosaurs are fine, aren't they? So I'm surprised we haven't seen a big like centerpiece dinosaur. But then I guess I'd rather see more kits relate um, replacing those older kits, and then maybe next time give them a big Brachiosaurus or something. Yeah, I, I, I'm quite happy with the with the range, uh, range refresh and the uh, the launch box as well. Always exciting with a new launch box. What do you think of having the War Scroll cards and these enhancement cards in there as well? I know for the Slaves of Darkness, it does make army list building a lot easier because you've got physical cards you can sort out on your units. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Isn't it? And it's also interesting, obviously, we'll talk about it later on when we get to some of the other releases as well. You know, rather than looking books around with you at the tables and at these events and things, mm. cards are a lot easier to sort of use. So, yeah, very interesting. That is, that is an interesting topic. Um, Andy, how about you? Have you ever dabbled in the... Uh, the, the lizards 
Um, I've not dabbled in them, no. Um, they're one of those few armies in Age of Sigmar which have never really appealed to me. Like back in 8th edition fantasy, they were one of those armies that I definitely see myself doing. But in Age of Sigmar, I've never really been pulled into the army. Um, having said that, though, the new models that they showed off are absolutely stunning. I mean, I, picking which of those Seraphon miniatures is my favourite is going to be hard. Like, I really, really like the Croxagore. Um, but seeing that Saurus Old Blood on the sort of... Um, I the Agrigon. What it's, the Agrigon. Agrigon, yeah. Clever girl as it's kind of going through the wilderness, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, looking at that, that, I mean, that in itself is an absolutely gorgeous model to see. And seeing the new Saurus Warriors in that um, launch box, as long, uh, along with the Slan as well, is, yeah, it, it's one of those releases which, if I didn't have an insanely big pile of potential behind me, um, I would definitely consider dropping my toe in and doing like maybe a thousand points. But um, yeah, unfortunately, it, it's not enough to pull me into the army. But having said that, if I was a Seraphon player, I'd be over the moon with these models. If, if there wasn't all the stuff that we're talking about on this show, I'd have probably slipped and bought the Seraphon box. And, and as much as I like the models, there's if you can believe it, there's even more like crazy good stuff coming in. Uh, Dave, are you likely to pick up a Seraphon? Um, see, I've been really proud of myself during these Seraphon reveals because I've really liked them, but... I have um, not once considered picking them up. Well, my resolve today has been pushed to breaking <laughs> point. Um, I think these Agrodon Riders have, uh, yeah, they've they've kind of pushed me over the edge. I, I'm not going to jump in day one, um, but I, can, I I think certainly I'll be picking these guys up at some point. The, the 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 rest of the stuff has, has been awesome but this is really the, the stuff that we've seen today have have just absolutely taken it to another level um especially those agrodon riders and the cool thing uh, is you can, you can pick up a box of agrodon and a few other bits and do a little war cry warband with them maybe. absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. I, I might i might just do that um so yes uh like andy said i mean we've got so many different projects and stuff on the go but these have just <laughs> jumped up my interest tenfold um i'll be picking up some dinosaurs at some stage amazing well like i said i i i very nearly broke and it was like yeah i'm pre-ordering that launch box immediately but there was another reveal which is coming a little bit later in the year in the autumn get the summer out of the way and then there might be space for my painting desk to paint some of these we got the first look of the free peoples of the mortal realms the basic line infantry of the cities of Sigmar. Now, the Empire kits of, you know, old vulnerable kits that have been from the world that was. Uh, and they said that they wanted to take that kind of concept of, you know, normal people in the mortal realms and bring it kind of with a more modern sculpt. Still have elements of that old school stuff, but have it firmly rooted in the mortal realms. And the new um, kind of free people warriors that we've seen really do that there's vibes of like empire there's vibes of like even Petronia in there but they've still got like a age of sigma feel to them now we only saw a handful of models and i think there'll be a lot more to come and again this will probably be a full if not everything range refresh for the the cities of sigma when the dawnbringer crusades come but well, I, I, I gotta say i love these them. guys 
Yeah, I'm confused. So, so the Dawnbreaker. So, Cities of Sigmar. Cities are going of Sigmar is about. Yeah, Cities of Sigmar is about right. the Dawnbringer yeah. Crusade are those who have taken the oath to Sigmar to go and march and venture out into the wilderness. So there might so, be some the the the, the Dawnbringers are specifically the ones that are venturing out to form new cities. Where you've also got the that these kind of troops would also be in existing cities and defend it from the forces of the mortal realms. The book well, I believe be is called. Book. Yeah, the, the book I believe will be called um, Cities of Sigmar. I suspect right. there'll be an, a, an alternate list or options or, yeah. you know, even something simple like command traits and stuff to represent if they're out in the wilderness or they're kind of defending the cities. Cool. And that's autumn, isn't it? Based on that, that is autumn, yeah. yeah. So so I really, really like these. Quick round table. Jay, yay or nay on these fellas? Oh, the models are fantastic. These these infantry that we've seen in this picture here are absolutely incredible. Really, really like them. Um, they're some of the nicest detail character. They've got a lot of character to them. It can um, be for like an infantry unit as well, like yeah, even down oh, to yeah. different different body shapes and face size and ethnicities. They've they said that the 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 the, the kind of forces of the cities of Sigmar <clears throat> come from all the different cultures and peoples of the realms. So it wouldn't surprise me if in some of these units we see some dwarves and elves and you know maybe other races who are part of the the order faction, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, I uh, I I have the feeling this is going to be one of the most um especially pleasing looking ranges in in a Sigma game. I'm really excited to see more of these later in the year. Um, Andy, uh, 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 what do you think of these guys? Um, I really like them. Um, it, it's a nice tease as well. Like we get to see three of them um, and seeing sort of like the shields, the, the, they, they feel very much like almost Bretonian look mm. to them. Um, but they do feel like they are sort of, you know, very representative of, you know, humans in the mortal realms. You know, they're not all big stormcast with big chiseled muscles and, you know, all this sort of stuff. So I think that is going to be a very cool idea to explore with them. Um, I mean, I read the Dominion book, which came out um, at the beginning of third edition. And there's a company of three gold soldiers called Phoenix Company, and they're sort of built up of all these different regiments of um, humans and, and um, who have, you know, been decimated over years and they've been sort of amalgamated into this one company. And I, I would love to do a Dawnbringer Crusade Force based on the sort of a Dominion novel. Mm. Um, and bring all them in um yeah i mean it, yeah they look really cool i i almost got a feel for you know the um underworld warband the graveguard one yeah um, they looked Which very similar because you know they, they, i guess that it'd be them but brought back to life you know what i really like the guy on the left he's he's got a bit of a belly he's got a bit of a double chin he's hefting his axe with his shoulder he's like i don't care if you're bloodthirsty you're not coming into my city yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but they definitely, like I said, they definitely look like how you would imagine humans to look in the mortal realms. And with them being um, sort of done bring your crusades, you know, these sort of people that join the crusades were either fanatical worshippers of Sigma or they're kind of running away from something. Um, because we, in the Dominion book, you find out that a lot of the people that join the crusades are either on the run from like um kind of like gangsters um in cities 
or they're massively in debt um, and and joining the Dawnbringer crusade, you know, even if you're a hardened criminal, all of that gets wiped out. Um, and so, yeah, you're going to see a variety of, of different people. And I think you're going to be able to see how much of that variety comes out in that kit is, yeah, it's going to be amazing. It'd be nice if it's all walks of life. Like you've got, you, you imagine they've got like noble cavalry, but then you've got like the dregs that like you mentioned in some of these infantry squads. It'd be nice to see that on the tabletop. I'm, I'm super excited. Uh, Dave, I know this has been something that you've been excited for too. Yeah, if there's one thing that's going to stop me from buying dinosaurs, it's going to be Nigel and his friends. <laughs> Nigel um, and his friends. I, I'm pretty sure I saw Nigel uh, down the pub yesterday. So, um, yeah, it, uh, you've guys have pretty much said everything um the the models are fantastic i have got very high hopes for the rest of the range uh, and you know what got me particularly excited i don't know why but there's an image underneath those three models on on the walk walk on website which shows off kind of all the different cities well i believe that's what yeah. they are yeah um and some of those um look really cool i know they're just banners but um you know, they they kind of give you an idea of the diversity of the cities. Yeah, so I didn't realise they've, they've redone the kind of like I guess the identity of the different cities. So yeah, um, I, I forget what it's called, but there's one that is basically ruled by the Lumineth. It's like a the College of Magic. I think that's the yellow one with the spires. Game. That'd be yeah. cool. Yeah. Then there was the uh, which is the city that burned down, Dave, that you used to like. <laughs> That was, was a, that, was a, that was a story. <laughs> um, so I, I think I think the impression I'm getting from the City Sigma, let's take this for example. Say I did jump in and, and pick up some dinosaurs. Whilst me and Jay may uh, paint different looking Seraphon armies, you're still really playing the same um, army. You know, there's going to be overlapping units. I get this sense that if all four of us guys or into cities of sigma they'll they'll feel like different especially if we pick a different city they'll have this they'll they'll feel like different armies yeah. maybe i'm being a bit you know optimistic no, I, think right. I think you're right yeah if you look at the corn book for example you've got four factions each or three factions each split between demons and mortals i think we'll see the same there for both established cities and then again for the various Dawnbringer Crusades who are out to found new cities out in the wild, because they'll have different play styles, won't they? The, the city defenders will be more defensive naturally, where the, the Dawnbringers are more kind of like rugged explorers going through the wilds. And I think we'll see a distinction between which of those two kinds of armies that you build, you know, they might, and then down to like battle line choices for the various cities as well. I think, I think this will be a big range. I think it'd be quite diverse. If they also include the existing kits, they can go into, well, this is a predominantly elf inhabited city. So you can have all these cool, you know, all the old dark elf, uh, dark elf kits, or maybe this one's a more, you know, dwarf related. So we've got some cannons in there. And I, I think you're right, Dave. I think we could all do a different, I think, I think that we should do, because let's face it, we're all going to want to start a City of Sigmar army, aren't they, when they drop? Mm. Um, we'll all do a different city and do a bit of a, a campaign, maybe have a map and show the spread of our, our cities kind of spreading out. Now, on this as well, that wasn't the only exciting news. We are getting very close to every single faction in Age of Sigmar having a battle tome. It was a bit of a slow start, I think, safe to say, for this edition. Probably not helped by covid and brexit and the Suez canal there was a lot of things that happened in quick succession that maybe 
made the rollout of books a little bit slower than they might have wanted. Where this year, we've got a lot of books. A load have already come out and there's a load more come in. So, the Seraphon book's out in the summer. The Cities of Sigmar book's out in the autumn. Uh, there's a new General's Handbook in the summer, which I believe will take us to a different realm that isn't Gur, maybe. So there are two, two set within Gur, I think. They might have a third one in Gur, I don't know. But maybe that will start a new story arc there's two mystery books on this chart one of them presumably is the flesh eater courts that is every battle tome out for age of sigmar now initially when i wrote the article at four o'clock in the morning <laughs> my brain immediately went okay we well, must be uric war clans or stormcast who both could probably do with a bit of an update because those early books sometimes fall a little bit behind the curve uric certainly i think could do with a little bit of a polish and some of the stuff that we've seen in other more recent books however however what if one of those books is actually a uh, season of war narwood the second yeah. narrative book yeah i um i i, I wasn't obviously aware that what you were going to say matt but um, when you were going to come around to me, I was going to say, I, I don't think it'll be a battle tome. I think it'll be a supplement. Uh, and my money would be on Seasons of War. Would you say the Narwood as well? Because it fits in with the yeah. rest of the narrative. With Warcry and everything. Absolutely. And then by then, uh, every every battle tome is out there for Age of Sigmar. Presumably, if we talk about the three year cycle, that then brings us to next year for fourth edition aos the years are flying by i blame covid um but that's cool that means by the autumn all the books are out and then from autumn through to like next summer they can then start the broken realms arcs of omen style progression story where hopefully jay we see what malarian's been up to oh yeah so yeah so that is all very very exciting now stay in the mortal realms and coincidentally within the narwood We've got a new Warhammer Underworlds box set. Now, we've said a couple of things about the six-month edition cycle for Underworld is maybe a little bit quick for some people. But I will say that the models in this box look amazing. So we've got two um, factions in here. We've got Domit- Domitons Storm Coven, which is a Knights Arcanum warband. And they've got, like, levitating rocks and stuff. They look super, super cool. And they're facing off... Against Ephilim's pandem- pandem- pandemonium, they're facing off against Ephilim's pandemonium, who just look all kinds of crazy. So um, Ephilim apparently is a sorcerer who is an apprentice to a gaunt summoner, and I think he probably needs to see a doctor. Um, he's got an eye in his ear, and he's got an eye in his belly button, which isn't normally a great thing to have, but you know. It's the mortal realms. What I really like about this is it's like new but scarier takes on some Age of Sigmar stuff. There's like a weird mutated Zangor who looks horrific and a new take on a pink horror with like teeth around his body. He looks horrible. These, Um, yeah, that's what jumped out on me with these ones. These are, Cinch can always look a bit goofy, I think, whereas these Cinch do look a bit more sort of creepy. Now imagine if that was a new take on pink horrors. Mm. I I get Pan's Labyrinth um, vibes from these guys. Yeah. Things. Yeah. They are they are they are super creepy. Now apparently the the kind of gimmick this season is magic. So your magic warbands are going to do better. Presumably both these warbands are magic based. Like with the previous box, you get four decks of cards in there. They're moving away from the kind of deck building element to a more kind of inclusive. Here's a deck. Go at it. 
So there's deck for each of the warbands in the box, but then there's also two universal decks that can be used by any existing warband. So say if you've not played Underworld for a few seasons, you can just take your old warband, plug in that deck, and you're good to go. Now, obviously, you can still deck build if you want to, but I think the game, it, it works really well of just picking up one of these pre-constructed decks and getting into it, which, to be fair, is what we tended to do when we played anyway. Yeah. Because yeah. it's... A bit more of a level playing field. Yeah, exactly. So, obviously, it is, it is a quick a quick turnaround for Warhammer Underworlds. Jay, what do you think of like how quickly these boxes are coming out? And B, what do you think of the stuff in the box? Um, in terms of how quickly they're coming out, I can't really comment because I haven't really been following Underworlds recently. And I think, actually, a bit of that might be because of how fast things come out, to be fair. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe that's an answer in itself. In terms of the contents of the war, of, of the box, um, the focus on the models, um, the Stormcast, they look okay. The Zinch stuff is really interesting, though. It's weird, isn't it? Andy, yeah. you've, you've probably played more Underworlds than the other guys. What are your thoughts on this set? Um, I, I like it. Um, I'm of the similar mindset. I think with Underworlds, it just comes out so quickly and the warbands get rotated out so quickly that I kind of look at them and think I, I, I want to pick them up for a painting project. Mm. Kind of like what me and Dave have been doing with the Gallo dark scenery is kind of like a, a nice little palette cleanser. Um, I look at these warbands and I mean, the Stormcast look, great we look very characterful um which a lot of the stormcast models can just kind of look like same old stormcast now um but yeah they look they look really good the the zinch warband though that that really did sort of like jump out at me because all the chain all the sort of like um, pink horrors and all the horrors um have a lot of character to them and very different to the regular pink horrors that we see um but yeah i that, that that's the thing with underworlds they're absolutely gorgeous models but i'm i'm just not that into the game anymore unfortunately yeah i think dave you 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 were a big fan of underworlds and you fell out of love with it when the the releases started ramping up when they added a bit more complexity to the game would you think this box would maybe tempt you back in I would really like to try the Rivals format because I think that would work better for me. And I think they've had to walk away from big elements of the deck building because they've got this schedule of release. Um, it, uh, they'd be cycling cards in and out all the all the time. So I think that's why they switched to Rivals. And I think it's a good switch. But like like what you guys have said, we, I've not had a chance to play Underworlds for ages. And uh you know, I, I don't even know what box we're up to. What you know, what was the last box that came out? They, they they're just coming too. They're just coming too fast for me. Um, but I I do still you know crave games of Underworlds. Um, and I, I hope to pick this box up. And well, I will be picking this box up because I'll talk about the minutes in a minute. Um, and I do hope we'll actually get to play um some of the game. Um, I really like the Stormcast. Um, I'm a big fan of the Arcanums anyway. I'm, I want to build a new Stormcast army along with. Um, the Stormbringer magazine series, uh, and I do want to have as much magic in there as possible. Um, these guys fit the bill perfectly. Uh, the models are great. They're unique. Like you see, you've got one guy picking up a stone statue. You've got another guy who's floating on rocks. Um, they're very, very cool. Zeech, I can see your 
I can see the appeal. I can, I, I, you know, I enjoy the fact that they are different. They are absolutely not my cup of tea at all. Um, I, I just don't really, they're, they're not for me, but I can see them having quite a, an appeal to lots of people. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I do want to play some more Underworlds, but I really wish they'd slow down. Yeah, well, move, so we're talking about slowing down. Moving into the grim darkness of the far future. Uh, Kill Team, this season, we've been on board the Gallow Dark, a, a space hawk that has had a lot of people boarding it recently. They had an awful lot of warbands fighting their way across the Gallow Dark. Unfortunately, uh, it seems that the Gallow Dark has, has dropped out of the warp and dropped into the gravity well of a planet and is currently on a collision course with said planet and when it hits everyone on board will die which is unfortunate for everyone on board <laughs> so the final box I, mean, I guess it is the final if the, the spaceship's going to blow up at the end of it is Gallo 4 this is the cinematic the, the, the bit of the film you know the bit of aliens when, they, when the, the, the kind of reactor's going to blow and they need to get off that is the film that we're playing through in Gallo 4 and we get some interesting warbands in this one. We get the Hearthkin Salvagers, who are specialists at going onto Space Hawks and kind of salvaging them. And coincidentally, are also the very first League of Votan that we saw in the reveal trailer last um, April Fool's Day. So these guys go on board ships and they go and get some salvage and find out what's happening. They've got the core um, Hearthkin sprue and then an upgrade frame that builds some additional things, such as a jump pack, such as a pair of knuckle dusters. Um, yeah, they, they look pretty cool. There's a big, like, Gatling gun as well, which is always nice to see. What they're facing off against, though, <laughs> is very much my cup of tea. It is the Beast Men, the Felgore Ravagers. And it did make me chuckle to myself that this year, Warhammer 40,000 has had more Beast Men models than Age of Sigmar. <laughs> uh, these 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 look incredible. I I wonder if the reason why we haven't seen the Colts Militia book for Heresy is that with this kit, with the Traitor Guard kit, with some other bits and bobs that have come out recently, it is now very very easy to do a kind of like Lost and the Damned Force for Heresy. Now, if all these get rules in 40k too, that'll be really cool. We mentioned Vashtor earlier. If he had like units of beast men and traitor guard and all the weird demon engine stuff, that's a very different army to the uh, the Chaos Space Marines. And, you know, I'm a sucker for, for goats with guns. So, you know, that's going to be a thing. Uh, from a scenery point of view, this, like I said, this is the big cinematic ending. So we're moving through the medical bays. We've got like stasis tubes alien style again where some poor unfortunate members of the crew might be still in cold storage and we've got escape pods to fight to fight to and try and get off the ship this the whole the whole kind of gallo dark kind of arc has been amazing and this looks like it's gonna be like the cinematic ending of it um jay you've not played any uh of this yet or, or see i don't think you've even seen the kits in the flesh what are your thoughts on this final box um, so I'll start with the Beastmen, who I just think look awesome. And they almost look like a Blood Bowl team to me, some of the poses <laughs> yeah. they've got on them. I think they're really cool. I think my favourite is either the guy with a big metal fist or the guy who has, like, a smoke grenade for a hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just think he just looks so good. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, really, really cool to see the Beastmen. The Leagues of OTAN, they look great. They look really, really good. The, the special kits that you get, so I love the guy that's lugging all the equipment around. I love the guy with the high-lads rotor cannon. Uh, the guy with the knuckle dusters looks fantastic. You've got the Iron Kin with the sort of iPad pointing with his metal hands. Really, really cool. And the jump pack looks really, really interesting as well. But I would have loved to see something a bit different for them. These are just Hearthkin, really, with different weapon options and equipment. I would have liked to have seen, uh, you know, uh, maybe some heavier armor, you know, or void suits. Or, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I wanted to see a bit more for a Votan kill team. That said, though, I, I do think the sort of unique things they've got in there, like like the knuckle dusters, for example, and and the and the, the, the guy lugging all the equipment, I do think they're, they're really, 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 really good. Would you think you're going to change your kill team that you take to the event, or are you going to stick with the Blood Angels? No, I'm going to be sticking with the Blood Angels, I think. How about you, Andy? Um, well, I've been a big sucker for anything kill team, and looking at me i mean when soul shackle came out the arbites and jukari i fell in love with those and i I didn't think it could get any better and then seeing this i was just like i i think a lot of people expected the votan but seeing some of the operatives and stuff coming out like could that warrior kit get any better (laughs) yes it can um i did think it was quite funny though that you know, you're going into a spaceship and the thing that you choose to bring you with you is a jump pack. Um, but then he's, I only little. he's only little. He's not going to bump his head. He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is it, isn't it? He's, he's a dwarf with a jump pack, so that probably makes him the same height as a space marine. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, the Votan the looked absolutely amazing. Um, like I, I really do look forward to getting a hold of him. I mean... I've still got the um, Leagues of Votan army box set that came out, um, and I really want to jump into that. And I think when this box set comes out, if I can get a hold of it, um, I think painting up these Votan for for a kill team will definitely be um, a, a good way of sort of like jump starting that army. Um, the Beastmen, um, they look cool. They look very characterful. Um, I've never really looked at Beastmen in 40k and gone, yeah, okay, it kind of fits. Beastmen are always like an Age of Sigmar fantasy thing for me. Um, but I think there's enough on these Beastmen to make them look grim, dark, and, and 40k ish. Yeah, um, you know, I think that's an interesting point. I think the Beastmen probably appeal to the old like rogue trader players. You know, it's a bit of a throwback to when Beastmen were in 40k. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, Looking at them, they do look really cool. And like I said, there's there's enough on them to make them look 40k. You know, there's grenades on their belts. I think one of them's got like um, a robotic arm and, you know, we've got chainsaws and stuff. Um, the thing that I really liked about this kit was um, the sort of like the drop pods or the escape pods. Mm. Um, they look really cool as accessories. Um, I think there's some vials <laughs> or some stasis pods. Um, and one of the stasis pods looks like it's opened and there's a skeleton inside. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think the sort of like the, the Gallo dark scenery um, has been absolutely phenomenal. And this box set, you know, the Leagues of Devotan, amazing. The Beastmen, amazing. The scenery, amazing. Um, yeah, I think they've knocked it out of the park and I can't wait to see what they do with the next um, sort of like um, four boxes of Kill Team. 
Yeah, what's what's cool about the scenery in this one? You can you can already see how it lends itself to the scenarios. Like one team trying to sabotage the status pods, while another team's maybe trying to get someone out of it, or both teams rushing to the escape pods, and whoever gets the most people off the ship wins. Yeah, um, I, it it's going to be cool to see it. Uh, Dave, you've been painting some of this scenery, and uh, you've you know started painting your first warband. Do any of these tempt you away from the orcs? Um, if out of the two I was to pick one, it would be the Votan. I think the Votan, I really like their their armor. I really like the the army style. I I I don't have um. I don't want to build a, an army of the Votan. However, a kill team does appeal, and I do like the operatives in this. You've, you've mentioned the, the, the main ones. Knuckle Duster Guy looks awesome. Guy with the Rotary Cannon looks awesome. Um, yeah, they, they, they're very tempting. Not enough to tempt me away from the Orcs, um, but out of the two, I think they're, they're a fantastic-looking uh, kill team. Um, the Beastmen, again, not my particular taste, but I agree with Andy. They're all very characterful. Um, Jay's picked out my two favourites: the, the 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 guy who's about to punch somebody with his metal <laughs> fist, and the guy who um, has got a, some sort of toxic grenade attached to his hand, which can't be good for his health. He's fine. He's okay. So um, so yeah, and, and as Andy said, the, the scenery is some of the best yet. I think we were a little bit disappointed that boxes one and two were very similar. Box three obviously had all like the hollow deck and stuff, which was very cool. And then this one has even more kind of extra accessories. I suppose the only thing that I will say is it's a shame that this there's been so many disappointed people that haven't been able to get hold of these boxes. Um, I think that's one negative from the, the Gallo Dark series. Um, but apart from that, it, it's a great box. Um Two great war bands and, and some great scenery. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I wonder if they'll do any big like games featuring all four boards put together or something. I think that'd be ace. So staying in the grim darkness of the far future, we have been working through the Arcs Roman series. Now, I don't want to give too many spoilers because some people may not have read it, but essentially some big stuff's happened um, in the in the in the in the Vashtor book. He attempted to get inside the rock to get Summit. We didn't know what it was, but it was Summit. And the Dark Angels weren't particularly happy about that. Now, it seems that in the final book, a certain individual from the rock has returned. He's been sleeping a while. His alarm maybe didn't go off. We've all been there. But uh, yeah, Lion L. Johnson, the Primarch of the Dark Angels, has returned and oh boy does he look amazing i um i i really words can't describe how gorgeous this model is i was i was never uh, the the golden models nice and all but it never really kind of grabbed me this model it just looks beautiful the this avastral was a close one I think the Lions model of the year so far. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. It's yeah. definitely up there, isn't it? I mean, my only criticism of this is um, it'd be nice to see a loyalist Primark for a change. But, I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, the model looks stunning. He's 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 got a new sword because obviously Cypher's nicked his sword, so he's probably not too happy about that. Uh, and he's also got the Emperor's own shield as well. 
which is interesting. Um, Gulliman's got his dad's uh, sword, and looks like Johnson's got the shield. Uh, yeah, what, what's really cool about this as well is that there's four head options, if you can believe it. His bare head, who we've seen a lot of people in, in the community say looks like Charles Dance. I don't see that myself. I think he's yeah. got a bushier moustache and not a gaunter face. It looks like Santa's had a bit more of a shave. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's it. The, the line is Santa. But we also get him with his exposed face and a hood over it, helmeted with a hood over it, and then his helmet with the wings. What I loved is that someone pointed out that the the, the wings were like tucked down under his hood, and then when he pulls it down, they pop up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, I mean, this looks amazing. Now, obviously, this is going to be an Arcs of Omen, the Lion, which is the final part of the Arcs of Omen series, culminating in the big showdown between the Lion himself, Dante, and Vashtor, Abaddon, and Angron. Now, it it kind of frames up the big title match at the end of the book, is the Lion fighting Angron. Now, Sanguinius seemed to deal with him, didn't he, Jay? I don't know how the Lion's going to get on against him. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, the, the, the whole thing with the First Legion and, and the First Primarch was he, he is a monster hunter. You know, he was raised on Caliban hunting monsters. So I reckon he's got a pretty good pretty good shot at, at taking down Angron, um, especially with that cool Emperor's Shield as well. Um, that's mm. definitely going to help. Um, he's a really, really nice model. Uh, I think my favourite is the the hooded, um, the sort of helmetless hooded version of him. I think that looks really, really cool. Mm. Um, I do think it's a nice model. I do. Um, I, I think I think it, there'd be some cool conversion opportunities here because I think if I had him, I, I'd build him with a, a two-handed sword uh, uh, and maybe the shield over the back or ditch the shield. The sword and shield doesn't feel like a Dark Angels thing. To, I, I suppose the companions have the sword and shield, don't they? Um, but I think it would look really cool with a two-handed sword coming in. Um, but he, yeah, it's a cracking, cracking centerpiece model for a Dark Angels army for sure. And I really, really, really love the artwork on the Arcs of Omen the Line book as well, where you've got this haggard old man looking up. Uh, I think it's really, really cool. Yeah, because yeah, he's not necessarily in status or anything. He's been, he, I guess, he has aged over the last ten thousand years. He's well, been he, hidden away. He looks twice the age of Gulliman, doesn't he? He mm. does, which I quite like. It's kind of like. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see the the dynamic between him and well, Gulliman. That's why I'm really excited. Are they going to be best of friends, brothers standing against the dark, or is the lion going to have his own view on how the Imperium should run? Or is the lion even going to be bothered about the Imperium? Is he just going to be out there with his legion, the Dark Angels, doing what he wants to do? You know, hunting these monsters down, despite any potential orders that come from Gulliman and the Throne World. Who knows? Well, it looks like he's found some new friends in the Blood Angels. We saw the Dante model revealed uh, last week, and it looks like Dante and his Blood Angels are accompanying uh, uh, the Lion in their hunt for the uh, the Triumvirate of Evil. Um, that, again, we've heard rumours of Codex Angels of Death. Um, it is interesting seeing, maybe we see, you know, the, the combined force of the Dark Angels and the Blood Angels kind of fending off the, the far side of the Cicatrix Maledictum. Mm. Yep. There's lots of monsters over that side of the uh, the galaxy. There are, yeah. So, uh, Andy, what, what are your thoughts on this? Um, he, as a model, as, as, as a centerpiece model as well, he looks absolutely fantastic. 
Um, I mean, Dark Angel's not my favourite chapter, if I'm being honest. Um, but Lionel Johnson, he he looks amazing. Um, in terms of like which head option to go for, um, I'm more sort of normal head, or I like the cloaked head without the um, sort of like the bare head with the cloak over yeah, the top. That's my favorite. Um, I think those two are my favorite. The helmet, I I don't know if you'd buy Lionel Johnson to cover his head up. Um, I'd, I'd want him to sort of stand out. I mean, he looks, as you would imagine, he looks like a warrior. He looks like a hunter. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he looks absolutely amazing. And all jokes aside, it's nice to see a another loyalist Primark um, because Gilliman, let's face it, he was beginning to feel a little outnumbered. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder if the, the line will kind of even the playing field a little bit. Uh, Dave, you you are a devout follower of the Dark Angels. What are your thoughts on the return of the line? Day one by. Day one by. <laughs> um, he's, yeah, I mean, he's he's incredible. Uh, what what words can I just? The more I look at him during the course of today, the more I'm like. Why do I not own this guy? How, how can I not own this guy? Um, and we're all talking about our favourite heads. That seems to be a key talking point. <laughs> top um, three heads. Top three heads. Mine is the the helmet with the cloak over the top. I just think it makes him look damn sinister. And uh, yeah. I, what can I say that you guys haven't already said? He's he's well, Dave. I know what you can say that none of us said. So, um, what do you think about using this guy in Horus Heresy Army? Uh, you know what? I actually saw a social media post of somebody um, talking about that, uh, and I think I would do that. Um, I think I would use. I I prefer this model to the one that's available for the Heresy. Personally, that's not to say that the Heresy one is, is bad. It's a gorgeous model. I just slightly prefer this one. I think. I, and, uh, I, I agree. Do, I think it's usable in games of Heresy. Definitely, it's 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 a really really nice sculpt. And if 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 I was told that was a Forge World sculpt, I'd be like, yeah, fair enough. And is is that is that Sanguinius on the base? <laughs> Good pick, isn't it? <laughs> There's three loyalist Primarchs have come back. He don't look very well. No, so I mean, I mean, also I can't wait to get my hands there. We don't know how, what form he's going to appear in. Um, presumably not too far off if this is book five and we've got book four on the horizon. Now something else we've got on the horizon is. Possibly the worst kept secret in all of Warhammer 40,000. But yes, this summer, the 10th edition of Warhammer 40,000 is coming out. We, we knew it was happening. An edition always follows these kind of like narrative arcs. And the real discussion that we've had on the last few podcasts has been what's going to change? What, what, what form is it going to be? Is it going to be a minor edition? Is it going to be a massive refresh? And I think what we saw surprised everyone so i think what we're going to do is talk about this in different segments here because there's a lot to digest and a lot to get through and we're all super excited about it first of all like with ninth edition they put together an absolutely stunning cg trailer to capture the the vibe of the box guys quick round table what did we think of this trailer absolutely epic i mean we got to see gulliman um, we we got to see lots of gribblies. I, I thought the storytelling was absolutely brilliant. I thought the um, cinematography was really good as well. It was. It, it really was. 
Um, I would watch that on Warhammer TV all day long if they if they create a series um, using that as like the first episode. Um, great video. It, it might be the sleep deprivation, but I think I've watched that four times today. <laughs> I've watched it a few times now. Yeah, what I really like about it is the the sort of you've got on the one hand Gulliman who's talking about how all these victories are being lauded in the Imperium, but you can see on his face and in the tone of his voice that he's struggling with this burden that he's got of, you know, keeping the Imperium going. Um, And, you know, interesting. Sorry, just jump in there, Jay, is that ordinarily we see, we see what exactly what Gulliman's talking about. Space means the good guys are doing all these victories. And he sarcastically ends the trailer with victory as the last space Marine falls dead on the battlefield. Mm. And all those worlds are turning red on his, on yeah. his uh, hollow, hollow thing. And that, and that, and that, that's good, actually uh, a good point you make because it, it, in the trailer, the ultramarines there, they're getting battered. Uh, uh, there's, there's yeah. one scene in particular where the ultramarine, in Terminator Librarian with his axe, Force Axe, is facing off against some new psychic horror of the Tyranids, and there's that like whine, alien whine, as the Tyranid just unleashes it, and and the, the space marine just falls on his knees. I assume completely hollowed out by this psychic assault, uh, and that's yeah. a story that's told. You know, the apothecary gets ripped apart, the Terminators get ripped apart. I think the only the only the only space marine that seems to be doing any good is that is that lone sort of um, combi flamer bolter wielding. Tyrannic war veteran. Yeah, only, only, only until that fuel tank runs out. Then he's dead, yeah. isn't he? <laughs> yeah. It's anyone else any thoughts on the on the on the trailer? Yeah, it, I mean, it reminded me. Do you remember the um, original Dawn of War trailer between the Blood Ravens and the Orcs? Oh, <gasps> the eyes, the best trailer ever. Yeah, this trailer it reminded me a lot of that. Because that battle was very back and forth. The Orcs would be winning stuff and Blood Ravens would come back. And it, it wasn't until right at the end where you kind of see that Blood Ravens sort of fall down. You're like, they, they kind of won, but didn't really win. And what this trailer did with the, the Ultrines and the Tyranids, it really did highlight just how frightening the Tyranids are. Yeah. Because, you know, that's one thing in 40k that you haven't really seen is... Yeah, yeah, the Tyranids have been there. Yeah, they've been a threat, but they've never really been a serious, serious threat. And now you're seeing all these Primaris sort of Marines and, you know, these big Terminators and they're all getting, you know, <laughs> they're stemming the tide. Yeah, but they are falling. You know, they are dying. And and seeing the Tyranids be that threat was, was really cool. And let's face it, the amount of, easter eggs and new units that you saw in that trailer yeah. uh yeah I, I think i watched it about three times and that was being um yeah i could have quite easily sat there for another hour watching that trailer <laughs> it's quite a lengthy trailer it's four and a half minutes long as well it's quite a lengthy one um dave anything you want to throw in on this uh, i think i've already really said what what i was going to say about it. it it was an epic trailer like I say, loads of Easter eggs um, within it for, for units we're going to see. Um, and yeah, there's, there's not a lot else I can add to it, Matt. Awesome. So we, we, we learn a little bit about the law. So obviously, again, I'm not going to go too much into arcs at the moment to spoil this, but it looks like the majority of the Imperium forces are fighting 
at or beyond the Cicatrix Maledictum. Obviously, we know that Dante um, and the lion and their associated angels are taking the fight far into the, the other side. But even the, the, the majority of the Imperial forces are at the, the, the Cicatrix Maledictum because these arcs of omens are coming through, the Chaos Spacemen are coming through, leaving the west of the galaxy fairly undefended but it's fine the bad guys are coming from the east aren't they well it looks like the tyranids have kind of done a detour and are now attacking from the west which potentially puts many worlds in threat range of the high fleet potentially puts terror in threat range of the tyranids and that's quite interesting now that i assume this kind of happens parallel to abaddon's kind of plans mm. and we'll see those story threads go through but the imperium's knackered isn't it you've got yeah. you've got chaos fighting from the east you've got the tyranids devouring everything from the west and then a really strained uh imperium fighting on two fronts and that again is represented in the trailer where gulliman's like mm, victory but are we actually winning these fights and we're losing worlds left right and center which mm. puts the, the grim back into grimdark doesn't it it does it absolutely does now, one of the things that obviously is is key to a new edition of the game are new models. And we see a few little teasers within the trailer. I've got a theory that the, the launch box will contain everything seen within that trailer. Yeah. The, 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 they kind of allude to it in a lot of the write-ups. So in we, they, they show off a new Terminator. Now, these aren't Primaris Terminators, but equally, they're not Firstborn Terminators. A, a, a suit of tactical Dreadnought armour can be worn by any space marine regardless as if they've crossed the the, um, the Rubicon. So mm. that's cool because that's potentially a sign that they're moving away from the Primaris keyword. Yes, you might have a squad of five guys. Two of them might be firstborn. Three of them might be Primaris. It doesn't matter. They're all in the same armor fighting side by side, which hopefully means that we, we move away from that well, this is a Primaris transport, and this is a non-Primaris transport, which I know has been a bugbear for you, Jay, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. I'd love to be able to get some um, Land Raiders into my Ultramarines army, and, um, yeah, a unit of Terminators with Land Raiders seems like... I think that'll be... Okay. I don't. I mean, they've got the same stats now. Two wounds, you know, same number of attacks. It's just a different um, a variety of equipment. Uh, and obviously, in the current books and current edition, there's lots of stratagems that play off the keywords Primaris, that might not be such a problem going forward in terms of the fact that there might not be as many strategies. No, so. no what, what do you think of the new Terminators? And obviously it's not a, they're not reinventing the wheel. They're basically taking the Terminator, they've rescaled, they're big now, they're, they're, they're bigger than a Primaris Marine, but they don't look as, as squat as the old ones do. Um, the, 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 these are perfect. This is exactly what I wanted to see this kind of terminator and I, I, i'm always I'm, I'm this is perfect i can't i wouldn't change them in any way whatsoever and i mean watching the trailer we saw hints of terminators armed with close combat weapons there was a terminator librarian i think i saw a terminator ancient and a terminator captain as well yeah there was a an apothecary who looked to be wearing some heavier armor whether it was gravis armor or terminator armor, i'm not sure so i think there's going to be a wide range of sort of terminator models uh coming c- coming you know in the next couple of months um yeah really really cool and like you say oh go on jay i was gonna say there's a picture that shows you the new terminator against the old terminator against the primary intercessor the the scale is perfect yeah it's the i mean that 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 old terminator looks so tiny compared to the new one doesn't it? it does yeah it does yeah 
Um, and I, I love the fact as well that these are just Terminators. It's, that's just a Stormballer. And I think I said a few weeks back where, you know, there's that much cool las cannons, heavy bolters, auto cannons. They don't need to keep inventing all these super mega def, mega multi melter blaster weapons. Just use the weapons they've already got. And there we are. We've got a Stormballer. Fantastic. Yeah, exactly. I I'm really excited for this. Um, we also saw a new termagant shown off, and again, very much not reinventing the wheel. They've taken the the, the look of the termagant and they've made the details finer. They've made it look a bit more menacing as well. Obviously, that 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 termagant kit is a very old kit now, where you've got more the the gun looks more alien. You can see how it's organic. You can see how it's wired into its body. They look a bit more sleeker. But again, like with the Terminator. Not a massive change, and I think that's that's really cool. It me also means that these will fit in nicely with existing armies too. Yeah. Well, you've yeah. you've painted some termagants, haven't you? And they are a little bit dated now. They are. They're they're very dated. Um, they they almost look a little bit comical. This guy doesn't look comical. This guy's gonna eat your face. Yeah, and well, one, of, one of the things they specifically mentioned as well, the, the old Termagants have got a lot of flat surfaces. They've designed these specifically, so there's a lot of curves and organic surfaces to make them quick to paint with contrast without them looking strange or having watermarks on them. I was just going to say that, that, that that's what stands out to me. It's the extra detail on the sort of chitin and in the uh, joints and things like that. That Yeah, exactly that. So, And this is, this is, these are just two of the models we've seen. And like I say, I presume... Everything in that trailer will be in the box. And there's some awesome stuff. Um, shout out anything that you've seen in the trailer. There's definitely a Screamer Killer. Now, you guys know I'm a big fan of Screamer <laughs> Killers. And the, 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 the current Carnifex kit, yeah, you can make a Screamer Killer with it, but it's not a proper Screamer Killer, is it? This is a big forearm monstrosity, giving people a hug and breathing plasma in their face. It, it just looks like a new version of that classic model. And I need like eight of them for my army. I uh, I can't <laughs> wait to see some um that that dreadnought the the heavy weapon mm. dreadnought. So with, so with the, the original dreadnought which had dual as cannon and rocket pods that basically turned into a what's it called a leviathan? Re- no, redemptor. redemptor. Yeah. Mm. Again, yeah. Well, it's, 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 I guess it's the same concept as the as the screamer killer, isn't it? Taking a classic metal box dreadnought and kind of modernising it. Yeah. I can uh, I can see some bowels from a crag in our future. <laughs> Absolutely. I um, I was going to jump in and mention that dread. There was two units that really, well, three units that really struck out for me from that trailer. The first one was the dreadnought, which you just mentioned, Jay. The second one was, I think we're going to have shrikes for tyranids, basically tyranid warriors with mm. wings. Yeah, yeah. Um, which it, which is awesome, and I think the community have been shouting out for them. Yeah, there's a bit where a shrike kind of flies down, and I think he rips the terminator in two. He does, yeah. The ultramarines get butchered. They really do. <laughs> Yeah. There's a new um, Lictor in there, there's new Biovores in there. From the Tyranids, it looks like a Neurothrope. Now, currently, you can build a single model out of a Zoanthrope kit as a Neurothrope, which is like a, a HQ psychic option. But it looks like they've actually put out a new model for this, and it's actually got a lot of the design elements of the original second edition Zoanthrope. That's why I'm so excited about this. I love second edition Tyranids. But the big crest on its back is the same crest that's on the second edition Zoanthrope model, which is a yeah. really nice touch. And, and I think going from the screenshots and rewatching the video, I think it comes with two little buddies as well. Yeah, I, think I, wonder, that's if be like, I wonder if they're like synapse nodes Zone where they can like move out yeah. and, and expand the synapse range because you saw how effective as, as a, a Neurothrope was currently and getting things tagged within that synapse range makes things a lot more effective. Um, 
I think we spotted a few new little Tyranid creatures. Uh, yeah, there's like, a lot like of the quick Zerg. shots, isn't there? Yeah, like there's a, yeah, there's a lot of quick fast shots. They could be Hormigans, they could be a new strain. I'm not sure, but a lot of Gribblies in there. Uh, to me, to me, they look like they had a hunchback, like a ghoul from Age of Sigma from Flesh Eater yeah. Courts. So I think they're, I think they're a new unit. Ooh, yeah. nice. Could be Gene Stealers. Could be Gene Stealers. <laughs> Um, for the marines there's definitely units of combi flamers there was definitely uh, a melter gun in there at some point there was yeah Uh, there's there's a heavy bolter in there at some point too so it looks like a lot of the stuff that has been on like pretty much your wish list for marines jay mixed weapons different stuff in there yeah it it looks really exciting jay do you think they're intercessors or do you think they're phobos marines well this is it they are most definitely a phobos style but the the, with those uh combi sort of flamers but i have seen some stuff on social media and i think matt shared a a thing earlier today as well where it looks like they're wearing they look like tyrannic war veterans you know there's 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 um, screenshots you can see where the marines have got like the tyranid sort of chitting plate um, shells on the shoulder and on the forearms mm. which well, is very reminiscent of the tyrannic war veterans well they do they do in a, in another video not not the not the trailer there's another video kind of announcing um this new edition they they call it out as being the fourth tyrannic war yeah yeah well, with the um is it the Indomitus Crusades? The I the the new um sort of narrative books that Black Library mm. are pushing. Um, one of the uh, more recent books for that shows um some of the Primaris Marines because obviously Primaris Marines were they were kind of like created during the Heresy, um, but it wasn't until you know Call sort of and Gilliman sort of got together and, and reawakened them. Um, but there's a bit in that series where there's um, some Primaris Marines and they actually learn from um, the firstborn Marines that, you know, maybe throwing a motor gun in the squad or maybe throwing a missile launcher in the squad. It 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 allows them to react to what's happening on the battlefield a lot easier. You, you so, could say it makes the squad more tactical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which um, I think that's one of the big things about um, the Primaris Marines coming out was are they going to replace Firstborn and if they're mixing weapons into you know intercessor squads and stuff like that is that potentially something we see yeah and I mean I guess that means people like Jay said earlier the stats are it's similar if not the same and obviously this, <laughs> everything's changing the new edition hashtag spoilers so that gives people freedom to use whatever space marine models they want really which is cool. Yeah, so, definitely. So I guess we move on to the game itself because this is what like we've been, you know, theorizing about a long time. So we're going to run through some battle uh, bullet points. Feel free to shout in at any point, but the big tagline is simplified but not simple. The the big goal was get rid of a lot of bloat that was in the game that was making things take longer to play, making sometimes playing the game into a bit of a chore. So every single unit in the game has been redone no current codexes are valid anymore that's the big one everything's changed so we're talking full rules refresh across the board stratagems was a big kind of point of contrition for some people some people love them some people hate them uh, my thoughts on them there's too many i can't remember them all so that has changed there's now a bank of universal stratagems in the core rule book these stratagems are reactive they let you do something in your opponent's turn 
much like the reactions in Horus Heresy. In addition to these, every army has six stratagems. No more than that. If you're a space marine, you get six. If you're a blood angel, those six are replaced with six blood angel stratagems. Um, should we pause there? What, what, I think most of you share my thoughts on there was too many stratagems. Just make some of the stuff onto the war, onto the data sheet. Um, are you happy with the change to six stratagems? And equally, uh, this one, I come to you, Jay. Are you happy with there being reactive stratagems in the core book as well? Oh, yeah. I, I'm really excited about this. Really, really excited. Um, reduce the stratagems. Um, you know, we see that in Horus Heresy where you've got one advanced reaction and the core reactions. So here, sort of similar, I guess, where you've just got those core strat. I think that'd be great for the game. Um, the fact it's all, uh, the, the rules have been consolidated on that new sort of format of data sheet as well. I really like the idea of that. Yeah, uh, I'm all, all for reducing the number of stratagems. I mean, you get like 30 or 40 in a codex now. For some codexes, only 50% of them are, are actually used in a game anyway, sometimes less than that. Um, so I, I think it, it, I hope it makes for a much more strategic game, actually, because you've got to mm. think how best to utilize that that sort of more limited sort of pool of resource. So yeah, With oh, that, like they it. also said that command points are massively reduced in the new game as well. So it's going to, you have to make, I guess, important decisions on what stratagems you use. Um, Andy, Dave, what, what were your thoughts on stratagems and reducing them down to six? Great, great change. Um, I mean, we saw it with the world eaters, didn't we? Mm. Um, they went to, um, funnily enough, eight uh, stratagems each, I think it was, in the, the Red Angel and the generic world eaters. And even then, when you looked at them, you could probably um, reduce them down to probably only four stratagems um, plus like the universal ones that you would actually use like stratagems like smoke screen they probably shouldn't be a stratagem it probably should have been on the data sheet to begin with um, it's just going to speed the game up and I think that is the, the big thing that the community has just been crying out for I mean I've fallen out of love with ninth edition because it is just it's it, it's too much bloat um, and and going down to a reduced number of stratagems is yeah right on point. Perfect. How about you, Dave? They they tried with stratagems. You could see what they were trying to achieve um, to really mix up games. You know, making it you know more tactical by being able to kind of pull off these maneuvers using stratagems. But it it didn't work. It just made the game bloated, and they've they've quite rightly uh, reduced it down. So yeah, happy with the changes. So there's always seen quite a few changes across the game as well. Now, not all of this is detailed on Warcom. They went into a few of these on the stream. Now, one example they gave is that morale's change. Now, currently, if you fail a morale check, you lose some models, which I guess represents people running away. But if you were a squad of space marines, would you necessarily have a space marine running away from the battle? So that's kind of changed a little bit. If you fail a morale check, now your unit doesn't perform as effectively. Essentially, they've got shell shock. So they might not be able to hit as well, or they might not be able to capture objectives as well because they're under fire, which is really cool. It, it means that if you like focus fire on a unit and it kind of represents them being, you know, pummeled from all directions, maybe even your uber elite combat units suddenly has to kind of duck down and, and, and gather themselves for a turn. Mm. It should add more kind of cinematic effects to the battle. Um, there's a new stat in the game, OC which stands for objective control. 
So this is a really interesting one. Basically, every model in the game will have an objective control value, which represents how well it can take an objective. We see this a little bit in Age of Sigmar, where depending on how many wounds you've got, you count as X number of models. But this kind of takes it to the next level, where you could have, I don't know, a unit with an objective control of three or four each per model, which means that you are going to have to shift that unit to take it off. Equally, your awesome elite combat units might be amazing at smashing face, but they're not actually very suited for taking objectives. We could see tanks, for example, have an objective control value of zero, because while they can park on top of an objective, they can't actually lock it down or do what they're meant to do. I think this is a really, really good change, and it means that there'll be reasons for taking what's deemed as a a filler unit now you'll still want presumably your kind of core basic infantry will be best suited to taking objectives so that will be the unit that you take for locking down objectives and then equally take your you know elite combat units or your tanks to do other roles it gives a purpose to those troops choices without forcing you to take them mm. which i think is really really clever uh, yeah. they also mentioned reactive skills so most units in the game have some form of reactive skill that lets you do something in your opponent's turn we've talked about reactions earlier and, and in other systems i think it's a really really cool system uh, one example i gave was termagants so if an enemy unit ends within nine inches of this unit and it's not an engagement range the termagants can make a d6 inch move so that could be towards them it could be away from them it could be behind cover now, if lots of units have got things that can do stuff in the other person's turn, that's going to speed up the game as well, because essentially you can do a move out of sequence or shoot out of sequence. There might be units that do other cool things. So that sounds really fun. They also touch on lethality and durability. Um, weapons aren't as lethal as they used to be, and units are more durable. AP is now very, very rare, and toughness has increased massively on things such as tanks to the point where you need a dedicated anti-tank weapon to to reliably damage a tank but using that same weapon on an infantry squad might be a bit of a waste again that's that's a really good thing as well um with this we see a new kind of refreshed data sheet uh, psychic powers there's no longer a psychic phase all psychic abilities are now baked into the data sheet and that's again something that we've seen a little bit in heresy so one example i gave is smite will now be a ranged attack with the psychic keyword on the data sheet and that might react with other things that do less or more damage against psychic sources for example so i, I, I know it's a super quick look of like the, the bits that we know about the new data sheets and the new kind of rule pack um jay what do you think on all this is, is, is do you think that's a good change um I, i'll be honest i am really excited about every single bit of it I think I think it's great. I think it 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 looks really really exciting. Reactions, I love those in Age um, Horus Heresy. I think they're going to be um, really really interesting for 40k as well. And that Turbigrant one is a great example of of what they can do with reactions. Um, I'm really really pleased to hear that the lethality of weapons has been reduced and that um, anti tank weaponry has got a niche again. Um, uh, that's something I think that was lost when we when we went from the the old uh, armor facings and mm-hmm. hull points to to the wounds in, in from seventh to eighth. Uh, and I'm glad to see, although it's not come back, we we haven't seen a data sheet for a vehicle. We've just seen a termagant one. Um, but I'm I'm really excited to see 
the sort of there's, there's definitely going to be a difference between anti-tank weaponry anti-infantry weaponry that kind of thing so yeah, yeah. you know the, at the minute the way they do it is by having loads of ap now you might have a lascan that has ap one or two not very much but critically it's got the high enough strength to damage a vehicle they mentioned that vehicles have got toughness of 11 plus yeah so if, if you've got you might you might have a gun that okay it's it, it's 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 strength 12 so it's effective at taking out vehicles but if it's only got one ap it might not be suited at shooting at an elite unit and you've got a different type of weapon that is lower strength but higher ap so you can have lots of different niches of weapon types yeah i'm really excited about that. and i really like this introduction of a new stat the oc the um which i think is gonna be cool and i think i'm hoping we see some sort of interesting sort of play between morale and that you know you can the fact that you're not removing models as, from battle shot now but perhaps your the ability to control objectives is reduced as you're taking sort of fire and things like this yeah well that's one of the examples they gave uh, combat efficiency drops and the ability to capture objectives so maybe ah, okay, you yeah, lose cool. oc if you fail a battle shock or something or you lose weapon skill or ballistic skill which makes pinning down units really quite effective then doesn't it yeah yeah very very cool uh, yeah also makes um you know you can see like armies like dark eldar who who traditionally play into that sort of morale penalties and that kind of thing can really really use that as a weapon um mm. which is cool um andy what are your thoughts on this? this is a lot of brand new rules do you think these are good do you think these are bad um i'm extremely optimistic um i like the simplified data sheet i like the reactions um i think the objective control um aspect is is really really cool um especially for armies like uh, space marines where you've got so many units and you might look at units and think of oh, you know a bit redundant you know why would you ever take terminators over blade guard well blade guard might have a higher um, objective control um, but lower attacks or you know that 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 sort of thing so i think this change is going to breathe a lot of new air into 40k and that for me is really exciting i mean yeah look looking at looking at the like data sheet um it is i'm very optimistic let's put it that way i'm very optimistic very excited how about you dave i, I know one of the things that's kind of done our head in is things like armor of contempt to try and get around the fact that ap was just so broken and looking at this yeah. termigant none of the weapons have got ap what, what are your thoughts on all this no it's it's like a, a u-turn isn't it when they came out with ninth they wanted to make things more killy uh, yeah. like you were killing stuff quicker and they've, they've they've gone completely the other way now and they've made stuff more durable and instead to try and speed the game up you've got all these reactions and such um look i love the changes that, that we've seen so far and um, i think that data card and um, looking at the termigant one it, it is a is a beautiful piece of art i think it's so simple i think it, it's so straightforward one of my biggest criticisms with the current codexes is um you know you can give different weapons and stuff to your squads but then your actual data sheet will only have like the basic weapon options so then you've got to flip back to the back of the book go through all your weapons and find the stats it looks like they're all just going to be on the card so all the weapon options for that unit presumably will be on the card for you to just see at a glance and um, which is absolutely brilliant um 
I like like all what you guys have said. I like this um, this objective control stat. I think I think that's great. It just means it gets rid of because there's a lot of rules at the moment. Like this counts as this many models. It just instead of having that typed out in like three sentences, you've just got a number. It just it just simplifies things so much. Um, I've noticed as well that attacks like melee attacks now um, are actually on the weapon profile rather on the stat of the character. If you take, for example, um, the new Gravis Space Marine Captain, they've, they've had to word like, oh, well, if you give him a chainsaw, then he gets this many attacks plus this many attacks. But if you give him this, gets rid of all that. It just says, if you're going to fight with this weapon, this is how many attacks you get with it, um, etc. And not, not just that, weapons can ballistic score. So you can have some weapons hitting on better or worse values based yeah. on the weapon as well. So you yeah. can have a, with, with, a, yeah. a, a Thunder Hammer hits on a four, but a Power Sword hits on a three, for example. Yeah, yeah, it, it just it, it just gets rid of words, doesn't it? It means they can they can use the space that they have where they would put that text, which they'll write out across loads of data sheets, to instead have these reactions and things like that. Um actually I I didn't mind how morale worked in uh the, the current edition of the game. Um I think it will be interesting to see I wanna see more. That's that the, the the new the new morale phase. I want to see more of before I give it a judgment. I think. Um, see, I know. I, see, for me, I I didn't. You know, there's nothing worse than taking a model off because you roll a duff dice on your battle hmm. shock, or you know. Whereas here, I think you know you can still do a lot of damage to an enemy's morale. Stop them using reactions. Stop them using stratagems. And and but you still got the models on the board. So as a as an owner uh, of those yeah. models, you can still do something about it. All right, You're these right, guys yeah. are feeling a bit shell shot now. I'll move them behind cover for a turn to get to just get them to regroup. Yeah. Or which feels more like a real battle, doesn't it? You yeah, pull them than back and move... send another squad forward. Yeah, reinforce them and things like that. Yeah, or you may want to yeah. break through a certain part of the line. I, I think yeah. it seems quite. Quite, you um, never know. Like what... Cha- Chaplin, for example, might have a reaction that actually negates a failed morale check, so it makes a, a sense to having these characters leading your forces and kind of like you think of the total war games. You've got heroes that kind of boost the morale of units and bring them back mm. into the fight. We might see yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Plus, I could never do the battle shot test in my head quick enough. <laughs> no. <laughs> I need to roll to keep them alive. So um, yeah, so so do yeah. we want to know how we get all these new rules? So day one. When when the new edition of Warhammer Forty Thousand comes out, all the codexes are invalid. Yeah, they've still got lore in them; they'll still be useful on your bookshelf, but they're, they're not used in the game anymore. However, on day one, all of the core rules will be free online. So, how to play the game—that's all free. All of the army rules will be free online, and the rules for every unit in the game will be free online. Army building will be free online. Points values will be free online. Jay, this sounds like something that you've wanted in Warhammer 40,000 for a long time. I'm sure we were talking about this previously. Pretty we were, sure. we were. And <laughs> if you prefer having physical things, on day one, you can buy packs of cards with all the date war scrolls and all of the, the rules for every single army in the game on day one. That yep. is pretty cool. I'll be picking those up for my main armies. This, it's, this is fantastic, I think, because... I mean, what have they said? So, so this happens. Everybody gets the cards. Everybody gets the new rules. Fine. Then, inevitably, there's a Space Marine Codex. What are we going to see in the Space Marine Codex? Are we going to see more data sheets again upgraded? They're going to be better. Or are we going to see a slimmed down Space Marine Codex that says, okay, you know, the, the we, we've updated a few of the profiles for a few of the units that are here. Here are the cards if you want them. Uh, otherwise, the majority of the book is now filled with new law, 
because we've got more space to devote to new law, crusade content, or you know, custom missions that you might want to play with your army and things like oh, that. Jay, Jay, I'm glad I'm glad you asked me that because they did tell us that exactly on the stream. So codexes will come out, they will come out for the books, but they're not gonna add any complexity to the armies. It will still be two pages for the army rules. There'll still be a single card for each profile. Like you say, it just gives them an opportunity to to tweak things as they go through the edition cycle, maybe adjust some things as they happen. I, I suspect the majority of it will be law. Crusade content will most likely be locked behind there. But they, they, they did stress that even when the codexes come out, it's still two pages of rules, still six stratagems, still the profiles as they are. Now, those profiles might change from the ones that are on those original cards when the game goes out. And that's a good thing. It means that they will probably release a new pack that updates them. But if all the rules are online as well, it's similar to others. It's Parabellum do it. Um, Corvus Belli do it. It's kind of them catching up with these other ones who often the codex then becomes a nice to have collecting everything together. You'll still be able to, even when the codex has come out, choose whether you want the rules online in card form or in a book. That's really cool. Yeah. And, and what, yeah. what what's really cool about this as well for me is we get the space Marine codex on day one and then we don't get another space Marine codex for, for three years. But you might get a new space Marine unit every two months. Yeah, exactly. And they can just release the profile for that. Yeah. I mean, look at look at Imperial Guards. You've waited, Dave, for your Imperial Guard Codex for an entire edition. You've got a whole bunch of new kits, but you've gone three years, two, two three years with no new models for the Imperial Guard. Yeah. That potentially, that sort of model release cycle doesn't need to be like that anymore. No, no, that, 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 that's, that's really good. What they could do, and you knew it comes out, they put the card in White Dwarf. Yeah, that's it. I, I, and uh, to me, that is just much more exact because then you, you you don't need to jump from an army to an army to an army. You can just stick with an army through an edition and you're constantly adding new kits to it throughout that whole whole edition cycle. So that's really, really cool. And, and you know Andy, what? Oh, God, I'm sorry. The, the less books you're buying, the more models you're buying, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, let's face it, people that buy books to us, suspect the core stuff like Crusade and all the narrative stuff will be in those codexes anyway. People are going to buy them still. Yeah, yeah. It, it is uh, i'm again i'm optimistic about it. it giving out free rules is a big thing especially for a company like games workshop especially day one um in terms of like the army building i think they said there was an army building well, I'm, app. I'm coming to that i'm coming to that next andy so just ah, right. army <laughs> um yeah i looking at all the free rules that's super exciting that's really cool i'm i'm hoping that when codexes do come out, it is only minor tweaks. I mean, obviously, Games Workshop, they're still going to want to sell codexes. Um, and I'm hoping with the reduced complexity that we're not going to see, like, power creep from book to book. Um, again, I'm super optimistic. Yeah, I... I, I... They really did stress the, the, the there would be two pages of rules. Things will change, but it also means that they can put amendments in White Dwarf and just change them on the app too. Um, Dave, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I think I think again, you guys seem to have like really hit every point that I was going to make, and and when I spoke earlier, I, I pretty much covered um, my thoughts. Um, I'm free rules is great. Everybody having new rules on day one is 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 brilliant. Um, it just means we can get playing this this what will hopefully be a great new edition of the game 
straight away and it will straight away you know they'll, they'll be able to see how armies are performing um in, in tournaments and stuff and then and then adjust accordingly without you know people wasting money on a, on a book that might be invalidated very quickly so um yeah great changes now one thing that has changed is army construction now they mentioned that that's all going to be on the app and they stressed that the app will work and be available from day one and i think they've learned a lot of things from the rollout of the previous 40k app um this this is probably the most controversial thing and i think this is where we might have more deviations and opinion on the podcast but army construction detachments are gone you now have to take at least one hero you can take no more than six duplicate battle line units battle lines a thing now in the game uh you can take say save attack save tactical marines a battle line unit you can take up to six tactical marine units in your army for non-battle line units, you can take up to three duplicate units. That is the extent of the army building rules. Now, I think where the that's where the forced army building rules go. But with these changes to OC, with these changes to how AP works, to these changes how you're probably going to need dedicated weapons to take on dedicated units, I think people will naturally kind of slide to having a mix of stuff in order to achieve their goals. Uh, Jay, what do you think? Because I know you you were a bit cautious about this in Arcs of Omen. Well, no, because I, I, this is a completely different system now. So uh, the Arcs of Omen, I still stand by. Oh, that deta- I thought that detached. I didn't like it for the reasons we talked about. Um, but it, that this isn't the same thing now because for the for the things things you mentioned there, you've got OC, you've got uh, vehicles now that can't be damaged potentially very easily by anti-infantry units. So in order to be able to you know spamming units. I mean, we've not played 10th edition, we don't know, but I would imagine now that if you're spamming anti-infantry units, you're going to struggle against the opponent's tanks. Whereas mm. previously in, in, in 9th edition, units were just jack-of-all-trades. You know, A unit of assault intercessors could murder any vehicle in the game. So you didn't yeah. need to worry about including las cannons or anti-tank. So you could just spam the best units in your codex and you could deal with anything. It does not appear that that will be the case with Tenth. You know, it seems like assault intercessors will struggle to potentially take dreadnoughts, land raiders, tanks off the board. So yeah. I think and you're we, right. I think and we've I got think those hard in there, haven't we? That that then, okay, you can't take more than three duplicate Terminator units. That still gives you freedom to build a cool army, but not spam stuff. But like you say, naturally, you kind of want to take different stuff anyway. Yeah. So I'm I'm really 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 happy with that. And um, how about you, Andy? What do you think of this? Um, so as someone who's got a Chaos Knight army and at the minute for 40k, the only army I've got is Chaos Knights. I love the fact that you can't just charge in a big squad of 10 assault intercessors and just one shot a, a war dog potentially, right? And looking at like the um Knight Desecrate and stuff like that, I think it's going to be it's going to be cool. Like, we're, we're going to see these big models that should survive survive um but then if they have low um objective control then you know that's the the play around with them um yeah i i i'm again <laughs> really excited about this if we're building a knight army as well it means that you're going to want to take a different range of weapons as well like, like jay said there's no spamming your big uber strength a million a gazillion damage weapon because that might not be the most effective against the troops that you need to shift because you can't actually take the objective off them yeah i mean in terms of army building 
it, it's definitely going to open some stuff up. Like you said, you, I think you're going to want to build a more mixed arms army, um, but having that freedom to take, you know, an all tank army without having to pay command points and stuff like that. When we saw that in Arcs of Omen, I was a big, big fan of that. And, and this way, it really does, it simplifies that army building process, which, again, simplifies the game. And that in of itself is, you know, two thumbs up for me. You're taking units for, because you want to. And from a tactical point of view, that you know, you're thinking about, OK, I need this unit, I need this unit, rather than being railroaded by the rules, which is a good change. Dave, what are your thoughts on army construction in 10th edition? There's always a downside to going last because everybody's kind of hit the <laughs> points that you're going to make. Um, yeah, I, th- I think you're naturally going to be pushed towards uh, a more balanced army. You're going to want to hit all the bases. You're going to want your heavy weapons, but you're still going to want your Gatling cannons for filling out termagants, for example. Um, yeah, I mean, we're just going to have to see. Obviously, we're going off what they're saying about these sort of stat cards and improved toughness and, and, and weapons and stuff. Uh, the proof will be in the pudding, but they're saying the right words right now. What, yeah. what do you think? Did, did they talk about... So, obviously, we've enjoyed playing 1,000-point games recently. That seems to be our go-to battle size now. Was there any talk about the size of battles and whether they'll be... Um, you know, set missions at the different points levels and that kind of thing. So they didn't get too Is much power into level going to be a thing? They didn't mention power level at all. And then uh, th- there's a few things that probably segues in quite nicely. Now, Crusade still exists, which is cool. Uh, oh. They did mention there will be rules for porting your 9th edition Crusade army to a 10th edition Crusade army. So if you've been collecting a force, you can port it over to the new edition and there's rules to let you do that. Now, whether that is a, a point converter... I do think that maybe converting power to points makes it a bit more balanced. We've noticed, certainly as the edition goes on, power goes out of whack where points is a bit more refined. They don't they don't tend to keep on top of power level revisions as often as they do points revisions, and that can lead to a bit of a growing discrepancy kind of in, in power. Yeah, exactly. So even if it does still have power, but they're more hand-in-hand hand and, and they update them more often. They mentioned that while all the codexes are essentially discontinued now, uh, Arcs of Omen, and boarding actions, all those rules are designed for 10th edition, which we kind of guessed on because there was some interesting things in those rules, wasn't there? So that is based on 500-point games. So if you like small games, uh, boarding actions is is the way to go for you. So going through tight confines of space corridors, um, small force of troops, quick games, that sounds really cool. Now, they did mention a new way of playing known as Combat Patrol. So Combat Patrol, basically, each player builds the contents of a Combat Patrol box. There will be special rules to balance all of the available Combat Patrols against each other. This is designed for people who are maybe new to the game, or younger players, or maybe even somebody just fancies, I've always fancied doing a Drakari army. I'll pick up a a Drakari army, and I'll have a few games with a Combat Patrol force, um, to get the grips with it it might not be the full rules it'd be more refined but there will be different profiles for using that and i think that's pretty fun uh, i'm gonna yeah. go the other way around dave what are your thoughts on on the, on the ways of playing throw me off now matt you throw me off <laughs> um I, I i i think um obviously they've not they've not gone too much into this apart from the combat patrol um but it all sounds very good i think um being able to give players the opportunity to buy that combat patrol box uh you know, it doesn't matter if you've got a HQ or something in there. That army is then usable. All, all the combat patrols have a HQ in there. 
They're all designed to have yeah. HQ energy. Yeah, they do. They all have a all HQ right. juice in there. They're okay. designed to be that way. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I, I think it's great that you'd be able to get playing straight out of that box. Um, and I think even for us, you know, we've, we've been around for a while now playing Warhammer. Um, it'll tempt, I mean, you've just mentioned Jakari. It's an army I've always fancied trying. I might just pick up a combat patrol box, paint that and, um, and enjoy some games of it. Um, yeah, I, I, th- I think, I think it's great. I think anything that's going to help people into the hobby is, um, a positive, right? Yeah, absolutely. Andy, how about you? What are your thoughts on, on Combat Patrol and, and Arcs of Omen and Border Patrol missions being able to be still like valid as well? Um, I think it's great. It, it really does support how different players want to play um, and different entry levels into into the game. I mean, you know, I, I'd i love to pick up like the Jukari um, Combat Patrol box, but I don't necessarily want to do a full-blown 2,000-point army of them. Um, so I think having that option in there is, is really, really good. Um, I mean, looking at like our local games workshop, I remember when that first opened up, people would go in and they would want to play 2000 point games. And it was effectively like two people got to play while everyone else watched. Well, now you look at like the combat patrol books and if, you know, dare I say, it, you know, your local gaming club just said, all right, okay the sheer amount of players we've got right we're playing combat patrol this week or you know whatever and then multiple people can get to play games and stuff um i love it i absolutely love it i mean ninth edition i've only really enjoyed playing like 1000 point incursion games um so depending on how this sort of like scales up um i could definitely see myself doing like a, a combat patrol challenge um and just doing, like I said, just buying like the Jukari Combat Patrol, painting it up, playing some games with it. I mean, even from um, sort of like Crusade, um, from a narrative point of view, you know, if you don't have to paint up that much stuff, then realistically you can you, you can really expand that narrative without really having to paint up loads of more models. Um, I think keeping boarding actions that's super super good um i mean painting up the gallo dark scenery um it'd be nice to know that even if they're moving on from kill team you know i can still use that scenery and still play games and you know that sort of stuff so that's really cool um yeah i i really do want to see what they do with like incursion um because that's kind of how i enjoy to play the game now so um yeah i think it's all good all positive for me yeah, I mean, just as you're chatting then, I know Combat Patrol is obviously aimed at newbies, but imagine a Combat Patrol event at Warhammer World. You've got a level playing surface. There's no, like, broken mm. netlist because everyone there has just got a Combat Patrol. That's <laughs> what I was thinking. You could, you could run events like that. I think it'd be great. As long as they're all balanced against each other, I think that'd be... It's almost like the Underworld sealed decks, isn't it? It is, so, yeah. And, that, and yeah. that's the concept they went for. That the, All these boxes will have different different rules than the main army just to balance them against all the other boxes uh, jay obviously you were asked the question on, on on battle sizes we haven't had much on the match play it's really been crusade board in action and combat patrol we've, we've heard about do you think these are positive changes yeah i do i mean the the, the the main one i think is important is the fact that these arcs of omen books are still valid going into 10th edition which for anyone who's put money down on those books, you know, I always think that's a bit odd when we get like the Gathering Storm and the um, Broken Realms books that come at the end of edition or whatever, and then the content's invalidated almost immediately. Whereas here, you're still going to get value out of them, so that's good. 
that's really cool so and then the big thing is this is out this summer so we tend to see a june release date for um new editions presumably we'll see all the miniatures at warhammer fest as well so yeah that is everything we know so far about the 10th edition of Warhammer 40,000. I'm excited. I'm a little bit delirious. I've been up since three, but uh, I'm definitely on board for this. Oh, yeah. Bring on 10th edition. So that is all the reveals from Adepticon. There was plenty to get through. Thanks, Matt, for, for taking it taking us through it step by step. And before we do wrap up this week's podcast, we do have one final segment. It's a top three. So I'll be right back. So before we call time on this week's episode, we are going to quickly go around the table and pick out our top three reveals from Adepticon. Who to pick on first? Let's go with you, Andy. What were your top three reveals uh-huh. from this morning? Um, so my third choice has to be, and this is this is quite surprising because I thought he might be a bit higher up, but um, my third choice is Lionel Johnson. Mm. Um I know he's a Primarch. I know he's loyal. We've been crying out for it for ages. And yeah, he does look amazing. I mean, he's got the shield of the Emperor. He's got multiple head options. He's got his two sort of, um, uh, I've forgotten what they're watches. called. But watches on his base. Cheerleaders. Um, his cheerleaders, yeah. But he looks very imposing. Gil- Gil- Gilliman's got two torches on his base, just saying. That's all he needs. <laughs> But yeah, I, I I looked at Lionel Johnson and just thought, yeah, that that's one of those models that is. It's that a is a model, you're right. Model. Oh, sorry. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he he was my third choice. Um, my second choice. Um, I just want to say as I'm... well, he 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 wasn't the emperor's first choice either. That was Sanguinius. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my my second choice um, is a game that I've fallen in love with the last few months. Um, which is Kill Team. Um, so when I saw Gallo fall, um, we finally seen Leagues of Otan in Kill Team, which, yeah, I've been surprised that we haven't seen a Leagues of Otan Kill Team yet. And and the one that we did see did not disappoint. Um, the Beastmen, again, super cool, really, really nice looking um, Kill Team. And, and yeah, I've seen the, the scenery. Um, again, each sort of expansion um has brought its only sort its own sort of like upgrade sprue and seeing the um the the escape pods and like the stasis pods and stuff like that was was really cool it's a nice little take on um kill team in like into the dark sort of style gallo gallo dark scenery um so that was my second choice um and then unsurprisingly my first choice has to be 10th edition 40k um because it, it's about time for a refresh for me. Um, Ninth Edition was fun. I enjoyed it. Had a lot of good uh, games, a lot of uh, events. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's finally time to um, sort of move on to 10th Edition. And it looks like 10th Edition, they really have listened to the community and everything we wanted, you know, simplified rules, less stratagems. Um, I mean, even free rules, you know, that, that in of itself is exciting. Yeah, um, yeah I, it had to be my first choice. 
Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go next with mine. Um, my third choice, uh, the, the tough top three. My third choice had to be the Saurus Scar Veteran on Agrodon. Yeah. Uh, just such an epic model. Um, really, really like him. Um, second and first choice, kind of hard, but uh, it, just, it just had to be this order. The Lion comes second. Uh, amazing model. He'll be a day one purchase. Can't wait to build and paint him. But leading the charge has to be. 10th edition for, for everything for every reason that we've we've already discussed really uh jay your top three um uh yeah there was there was not very many poor um things revealed in this adepticon uh games retro preview i don't think uh, my third choice dawnbreaker crusades mm. really really love those models um very excited to see what's coming for the rest of that range um my second choice uh the terminators um yeah basically ticked everything i was i was hoping for so um very very happy with the terminators uh, first choice is that lizardman range and i couldn't pick a favorite model out of them the crocs goes race the 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 new cold one sort of riders are really really cool i I've, i like them all equally excellent and matt finish it off with your top three there was a lot of awesome stuff and if i had a top 10 it would have been better I will go down to three, and they're all 40k related because obviously that was the big piece of the show. So number three, full rules refresh. We were concerned that it might be, you know, a patch to ninth edition, but starting again gives them so much opportunity. Number two, free rules day one. As soon as the game comes out, we'll all be able to jump on and start playing games immediately, which is amazing and such a, a cool thing to do. Uh, but number one, it is the possibility that within a launch box. I might have plastic screamer killers. <laughs> <laughs> Not even a reveal, just a potential. It's, it's in the trailer. We get plastic screamer killers. Yeah. Plastic screamer killers confirmed. And I'm going to get as many as I can. Because you hate them all. I'll buy all your screamer killers and have an army of screamer killers. Okay, Matt. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I think we, we, we're all in agreement. It was a great show. Um, I'm sure, yeah, the next three months are going to be absolutely bonkers. Um, so yeah look forward to getting hold of some of these new kits um it's been great doing this podcast again gents and um, we we are going to have a quick fire next episode probably within a week of this being released to be honest so keep your eyes and ears open for that uh, and if you would like to discuss the podcast or anything else that's uh, going on on spruceandbrews.com as we mentioned at the top of the show we have now got a discord jump on there uh, and have a chat to us it'd be great to to speak to you until then have a great time hobbying and we'll speak to you all again very soon Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Spruce and Brews podcast. For more content, remember to check out spruceandbrews.com. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, send us a tweet at Spruce and Brews or head over to facebook.com forward slash Spruce and Brews. Spruce and Brews.